Oh shit, I don't know whose turn it is to play the game. I don't know if it is Justin or Heather. I don't know who it's it is. It's been a few weeks. I don't remember either. It has. It's this... got to be Katie because she's our special guest. Yeah. We yeah, let's let like Katie do it. We can do that. Katie can play the game. All right, <laughs> Katie, with zero expl- uh, explanation whatsoever. Um, a, B, C, <laughs> D, or E? D, that is random just trivia. Or is that movie related? I don't remember. It's been too long. No, D is just random, right? Yeah, D is random. Yeah. Okay, random uh, trivia. Um, yeah. Oh, how about Kanye West just being a dipshit? The fuck? Man. That's hard for you to admit, Easy. probably. It kills me. <laughs> but the man is just gone. He's yeah, just it's been a little rough. Lost his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy. Are you are you mourning that right now? Because that's your that's your dude. See, I was until he went completely ape shit. Then I'm just kind of like, man, fuck this guy. Just stop. Like, fuck, stop. Like it's around MAGA hat Kanye. I think you said right. (laughs) No, it's even. He's gone even further than that now. Now he's completely like fucking. Anti-Semite, you know, second coming, or I guess forthcoming of the Fuhrer, if you believe that version of German lore. Like, Jesus Christ, like walking around with a guy that is a, uh, possibly an accused serial sexual, sexual offender passing out White Lives Matter t-shirts to homeless people. Leaning, like, leaning into it. I didn't know about the guy with him, but I knew he was doing that. Yeah, the guy doing it with him is this fucking stylist. No. Who is a multiple (laughs) accusation person. Multiple. Yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. What happened? What happened, Kanye? What happened? Did you get a chance to watch that documentary about him on Netflix? I did not. Came out last year, I think. It was like that uh, three part thing, right? Yeah. Two part, yeah. three part, yeah. Yeah, it was like a multi part. I can't remember how many parts, but he just hasn't been the same since his mom died, man. Like, it seems like that was like the line where he started to just cross over into I'm doing all sorts of crazy shit. It seemed like that's about where it started. And it just seems like he never recovered from that. And now I don't even know what to say. I don't know how you go from even where he was after that to where he is right now. I mean, it's just like, see, man, it's like he's just still falling off of a cliff from years ago. He see, just, I'm, I'm conflicted by that because his best album is after his mom died. Like... So I'm just like, oh man, I'm conflicted. Because my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out after his mom died. And it's just top tier album. But then the guy's lost But his that was in mind. development whilst his mom was alive, right? Oh, that's what a I'm A lot of that or, well, I don't know. I can't confirm that either. No, but. I think I think he was, because he was between 808. Like, didn't she die while he was doing 808s and Heartbreaks, I thought? 
See, that's where I'm all mm. confused about. But yeah, I don't know. It, well, even his album after that, though, Yeezus, fucking great album. Yeah, that wasn't bad either. And that wasn't he, bad either. Then he did what? The Life and Times of Pablo. Which that's all right. It's not my favorite, but I don't necessarily hate that album. And then he just started sucking just all across the board. Made a video game that's pretty much an introduction to a cult. And now he's just lost that. his fucking mind. Dude, there's this fucking YouTube series about these guys that are like doing a deep dive into that whole video game thing with him. And it's called Finding Jesus. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> like in a train wreck kind of way? Yes <laughs> and no. I mean, the the guys doing it, they're they're Australian comedians, but like... They're taking it seriously. Like it's, it's funny, but they're also like actually like investigating, like looking into this stuff, you know? So it's like interesting and, but like, oh yeah. See, there's like so much happened this week though. Cause you have like Kanye just somehow going further off the deep end. Like I did not know you could go further and somehow he did. There was more he could go. Then you have Angela Lansbury dying, which is this weird, bittersweet thing, because I think everybody's first reaction is, oh, man, that sucks. But then if you're me, then you remember, oh, yeah, during the whole Me Too thing, she has a quote talking about how, hey, women, it's your fault if you get, you know, in those situations. Oh, I did not know that. Most people don't. Yeah, I just learned that. And I was like, why? No. Yeah. Because she's like, yeah, women, you know, try too hard to look sexually attractive and then they get raped. What did they expect? And it sounds like I'm doing a bad job of paraphrasing that. I'm not that far off. (laughs) I left out some words, if anything. Yeah. And when I read, and at first I was like, okay, let me, let me, let me look some of this up. Let me read some articles for context maybe there's a context to what she was saying and no sterling no that was pretty much (laughs) what she said so i was like and then she had the audacity to do that hollywood thing of of course i didn't mean it like that everybody's just taking it out of context and you're like no your context was you got in trouble people got (laughs) mad at you that's your context and then you have uh, multiple accusation guy, TJ Miller, come out and say, I, I'm not going to be in Deadpool 3, omitting the fact that nobody fucking asked him to be. <laughs> He's ridiculous. <laughs> he pulled like that Woody Allen thing of, you know what? I'm just not doing this anymore. <laughs> I'm just not going to do Deadpool 3, guys. Don't even bother asking me <laughs> after you've already announced you're going to be in production and all that shit. And didn't he also like, he was on some interview talking about how like Ryan Reynolds just didn't seem like a nice guy. He's like, I just don't think he liked me or something like that. And it's like, same well, why interview. do you think that is? Oh, well, that was the same one. Same interview that he's like, I'm, you know, oh I don't even gosh. want to do Deadpool 3. That he's like, yeah, we did a take and Ryan Reynolds was saying mean stuff to me. And everybody was like, God, oh, that's funny. And I'm like, dude, all the stories I've heard about your fucking ass, shut up. Just shut up. Hello, Kitty. your cat wants to chime in. Like nobody yeah. talks bad about Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I get that's it, buddy. fair. Yeah, no, I mean, 
And that's like, I've, I've heard zero people say like anything bad about Ryan Reynolds except for him. And I'm like, Hmm, there's probably a reason for that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like who, I mean, whose side are you going to take or who you're going to believe in that instance? The, uh, terrible predator man or like the most beloved man in Hollywood. Like who are we going to go with on that one? Like on top of that, they've got, I liked PJ Miller too. He, I did too. He was kind of funny back in the day. And then you hear these stories about him and you're like, Oh, well like his whole excuse for it is he had like some brain tumor thing and he got it taken out and now he's no longer violent. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, that could be it, but the, also the sheer fact that he's like, you know, just fairly unapologetic about, you know, being accused of violently beating and raping women. Right. So. Yeah. I've I didn't that, know that that was his excuse, though. That's. Well, that's been used more of an excuse towards the fact that, like, he just punched some random cab driver and, you know, his other violent outbursts. But. Then I mean, just whenever you see him go on these interviews and he goes like extreme, you know, cancel culture is bad, like those types of things. You're just like, yeah, it, it, that just makes it. I know it's a bad thing, but when people do that, it makes me feel like the accusations against them are true. Like, because mm. nobody gets accused of anything and they're like, man, it's just that cancel culture because they're not. A terrible person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. And it makes it seem like they're the victim of something all of a sudden. Exactly. You're like, oh, he canceled. It's like, well, I hate when you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's fair too. True. Speaking of that Me Too stuff, your boy, uh, Kevin Spacey. So I don't know if you, y'all have read up on this, but so. He was found not guilty, not liable. No, they at one. Well, I don't know what happened exactly. I know one of the the charges against him got dropped because the guy died. So the complaining witness died. Huh. Therefore, they could not press charges because they really couldn't get his testimony. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's not exactly innocence. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that article title was a little misleading. I haven't read anything in detail, but I just got you know. Sometimes you get those flash notifications, and it was like Kevin Spacey found not guilty, and I went, "Oh, I didn't really know what it what about." But he might have been found not guilty for some of these things, but you know, that's also not the first time somebody that's you know obviously done shit like. Got you know innocent, i.e. Bill Cosby. Was that the one? <laughs> True. Was it? Was that what was? Um, because the case against him and Anthony Rapp, right? Like, was that part of this one that they Anthony, ruled on? Anthony Rapp accused him, but I don't know if that one went to trial. I thought that was a statute of limitations thing on that one. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I just I saw something on his social media where he talked about like you know thanking the jury for their service and um, saying something about it. it was always about like shining a light on the issue. I don't know. It, he didn't say specifics in like whatever he wrote, but I thought it was about that, but I could be wrong. Okay. So yes, they are. They, uh, that is, you, you are right, Heather. I'm sorry. 
uh, Anthony, it was the Anthony Rapp uh, 1986 case that he was acquitted of a day ago. Okay. Oh, that's the one that he was acquitted of? Okay. Yes, you are correct on that. Um, I mean, honestly, that just doesn't surprise me for a sexual assault that happened, what, 35 years ago? 35, <laughs> 36 years ago? It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it sounded like it didn't surprise him either. He's like, yeah, it was really just about, like, shining a light on what happened kind of thing. And that's, that's fair. fair, too, if yeah. he's just kind of like, not expecting it. He's like, yeah, thanks for listening to it Ooh. anyway, kind of thing. Okay. Also, that wasn't a criminal case. So that is a very misleading trial or title because you're not technically found guilty in a civil trial. It's liable. So essentially they are saying that uh, Kevin Spacey just doesn't have to pay Anthony Rapp any money, which is fine. You know, especially if Anthony Rapp's like... Because in order to sue somebody and to get things put out in a legal way, you have to sue them. You have to put a monetary amount on there. You can't just sue them for details. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not how our civil courts work. So you have to put a monetary value on it. That's fine. All it really is is they said, hey, you don't have to pay Anthony Rapp any money. I I see exactly what you're saying, Justin, because I want to say that was a USA... uh, uh, well, there's like a lot of titles, like the link titles, and it's all Kevin Spacey not guilty in U.S. sexual misconduct trial. Yeah, no, it's not the same. That is not at all what they said. See, and that, see, that's why I brought it up because, and and I didn't read it for myself yet, but that's why I was asking about it because sometimes those titles, man, they flash and. And what what you read and what you're saying is something. In, different entirely so i mean because that puts an entirely like weird spin on things if that's how you want to account things because then that also makes oj simpson guilty of murder because he lost the civil suit he was found liable for their deaths in the civil suit Mm, but found not guilty in criminal court see that's why like titles matter like get the word right yeah Ugh. It's been an awful week. <laughs> Just awful. And to top it all off, it's fucking Halloween ends episode. It does not get any better. We are literally recording this one year to the day. I don't know if you guys knew this. One year to the day since we did Halloween. Really? Films. I didn't know that. 10, 20. That's awesome. Awesome. One year to the day. That's cool. I didn't I know that. that. And this is on a Friday. Little peek behind the curtains. We're recording this on a Friday. What a terrible fucking way to end the week. (laughs) Talking about all this garbage and then going into Halloween ends. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Fuck this movie. That's it. Thanks, everybody. We're done now. That's all you need to know. (laughs) You guys, well, we know what, what, we know how you felt about it. (laughs) Not surprised. Anybody who watched that movie and then also listens to this podcast should have already known what the fuck my thoughts were going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like two hours ago. There was just for the first time or yeah. is it? Okay. Fresh. <laughs> fresh on the mind. Great. Yes. Great. I, I wish I, I was want to hear that. I wish I was you. 
Because I've had this movie on my mind since Saturday. And that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> like, it's Yeah, I want to say I watched it last, I don't know, maybe, I think I watched it maybe sad. yeah, last Saturday I watched it. It's rough, guys. Let's get into this fucking episode. <laughs> Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And our resident Halloween episode uh, special guest, Katie. She is back once again, completing the trilogy (laughs) with us. Thank you for having me again. We got to find another reason to have her on, like, now that this is kind of the final Halloween, <laughs> just an, another horror movie situation like, or something. Just once a year, just for some Halloween movie. Yeah. Just sometime around Halloween. Have you on? Okay. I don't know. Once a year, we can just come back and talk shit about these movies again. Just never watch them again. <laughs> just talk shit about it. You find like, more things to hate. I, mean, I don't know. I, I haven't watched this shit in a year, but I remember fucking hating it. So. <laughs> Uh, but tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the penultimate fine finality of this quadrilogy, Halloween Ends. We will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around in both podcast form and on the YouTube. And with all that, that being said... A uh, special guest, Katie, what are your just in general spoiler free thoughts about 2022's Halloween ends? Oh, man, just general. Um, I left the movie with more questions than I wanted to. Um, <laughs> I was wanting there to be like a lot of answers and I think they tried to do it. Just not the way I went. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say too much before we get into all the details, but I was going to say it'd be funny if Katie's like, oh, I actually really loved this movie. And we're all like talking <laughs> trash about it. No, I was like, what do you film. mean, guys? Like, yeah. I love this film. What a great piece of art. Um, <laughs> no, I put the remote down. My boyfriend was sitting there and I was like, uh, he was watching wrestling on <laughs> just on his headphones because he's like, I don't want to watch this movie. And he's like, oh, you done? And I was like, no, yeah, that was bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> smart man. Yep. smart man <laughs> yep wrestling over halloween ends but yeah not not my fave but i have yeah I have questions <laughs> we all do katie it's fine um heather what are your uh spoiler free thoughts about this movie i mean i was so let down after halloween kills like, because the 2018 one, and I've said it so many times, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a great film. I, I loved that they rebooted it. And like, I, I loved how they did it and thinking of it as like the direct sequel from the original. And it was really good. I thought it was a great follow-up if you're actually just considering it 30 years or however many years later. 
And I thought it was so well done. It was simple, but it was still well done. The storytelling was great. It didn't, it had pretty good pacing. I thought like, I loved the 2018 one. And then the (laughs) Halloween Kills, that was last year it came out, right? Yeah, it was last year. So I, it was just probably one of the biggest disappointments in film that I've ever had because just how do you switch from like really up here to just so low down on the list of good horror films. And, and then I decided, okay, so maybe it's because it's a filler movie to get you to this last movie and maybe the last movie will make up for it. And it did not. (laughs) It's so, so disappointing. It, there's so many choices they made in this film that made zero sense. Like I, I just, I'm so frustrated at like, this is like the original final girl. (laughs) And this is the original, like, this is one of the greatest supposed, like first crazy good horror movies, Halloween for most people. They love it. It's a cult classic. And then the original badass final girl. And this is how you end it. Like, this is how you want to end this movie. And it was the worst. Like, I was, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love Laurie Strode. And I wanted it to be like this really amazing, satisfying ending. And it was not at all. It was just, it was just laughable. Mostly this movie was laughable more than anything else. Like, there was maybe one interesting kill. Um, There was no real suspense going on for the most part, it was just, um, it was almost like they didn't even try and they were just like, people are still going to watch it though because it's Halloween. Why not just do whatever we want to do? That's what it kind of felt like. Um, so needless to say, I am very disappointed in this film. I was not a fan. Um, and I just, I wish they would have at this point just ended it at that 2018 one and not done anything else. Justin. Hmm. Man, where to even begin? Um, (laughs) You know, it is often said that in order to sometimes fully maximize what you can get out of life, you have to take risks. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, in order to sometimes achieve greatness, the, the great people, when you talk to them, when you see them accomplish these things, a lot of times those people are risk takers. And sometimes taking risks can be a bold choice. It can be bold and that's how we unlock new stories, new perspectives and things like that. Going into this movie, especially after Halloween Kills, which I agree with you, Heather, was just such a big disappointment. I was like, there is no way that this movie could be worse than Halloween Kills. And to my shock and dismay, they did it. They accomplished it. Somehow they did. Somehow this is worse than Halloween Kills. And and like I was alluding to earlier, they made some choices and they really took this story in some new directions and everything like that. And and while on some level, it was bold of them to do that, when you see the execution of this, 
bold doesn't come to mind. Stupid just comes to mind. I don't, I, I just really don't understand some of these choices, man. I think I understand what they were going for, but how they thought this was the roadmap, how they thought this was the way to get to that destination is just mind boggling to me. I don't feel like uh, any of this works. We're introduced to characters that, that the movie tells me are supposed to matter. And they don't. It didn't get me to invest in them. It didn't get me to care about them. I mean, and then we were upset in Halloween Kills because of the way that they sidelined Lori, Jamie Lee Curtis. And we were like, you know, the, one of the biggest disappointments about that film is that they sidelined her for all this other stuff going on. And then you're thinking, okay, they won't make that mistake again in this movie. And they do it again. They do it again. They take another principal character and they sideline them. And so this whole movie is just going and you're sitting here going, where is the character that this movie is supposed to be about? Where are they? And then finally they show up and it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Finally, the film, when it focuses on what we thought was advertised, which was Laurie versus Michael, it doesn't matter by the time the film decides to focus on that. And that's unfortunate. That's sad. And I mean, I know this is called Halloween's ends, but really is it? I mean, we know how this works. This is already a re-reboot. I mean, right. of course this could come back. Of course somebody could take another stab, for lack of a better term, at this. But, and honestly, maybe they should. I hope this isn't the end because I would hate for this to be the end of Michael Myers. I would hate for this to be the last uh, attempt that somebody has because surely we can do better than this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Very disappointing and in some ways mind boggling how they tried to do this story. So you guys know in Parks and Rec when uh, Tom and uh, why am I blinking on her name now? I had it like five seconds ago when I was thinking of it. Donna. Donna. Yeah. So when Tom and Donna, they do the whole treat yourself day and they're like, it's the best day of the year. (laughs) Yeah. This movie invokes something very similar in me where all I could think of while I was watching it and after it ended and everything like that was, it's the worst movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I wish this was up on a Morbius level. Oh, no. Oh, that's sad. Me too. Me too. I no. wish this movie was as good and concise <laughs> and understandable as Morbi- uh, Morbius was. Did you see that one, Katie? I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you've heard. It's fine. (laughs) It's not worth it. Not worth it. Yep. I did not know anyone that was like, you need to go see that. (laughs) Hey, I'll say that now. Go see it. Better than this shit. I love a good, bad movie. I mean, I I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, 
it's just a fucking film classic when you compare it to this piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we convinced you to watch that Velocipaster movie, didn't we, Katie? I love Velocipaster. <laughs> but that's fantastic. good, bad. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're actually in pre-production for Velocipaster 2 right now. It's, Are they really? Oh, yes. Oh, my nice. gosh. That's I'm funny. I'm stoked for that. <laughs> they should, They could do one of those just for every traveling velocipaster and they'll do it in front of a green screen but like italy in the background right i mean this movie is called halloween ends and somehow it has the worst ending of a movie i think i've ever seen in my fucking life just utter incomplete horseshit i i was glad that i watched it on peacock because I had the ability of when they started doing the end, I went, nope, and I stopped. I stopped watching the movie. <laughs> I walked the fuck away. Jason, you didn't have that luxury. No, I did not. I had to take a breather. I had to prepare myself <laughs> for the scene I knew was coming. Because oh I was miserable. I was miserable throughout this movie from the beginning. I hated the beginning of this movie. I, you know, it just kind of like makes me want to do like a green eggs and ham thing. Like I hated this movie in the beginning. I hated this movie <laughs> in the car. I hated this movie on, you know, lying on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wish like truly wish in my heart of hearts That whilst watching this movie, I would have suffered the same fate as the kid in the beginning because that'd be the only thing that would make this movie fucking bearable. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you went there. I'm I not did. surprised you went there, though. But yeah. I, oh, man. I did in the beginning. I, I like I was taking notes on a couple things that I noticed. I'll forget. And I literally wrote down Jeremy. Little ass. <laughs> I hated that yes. kid. He was the worst. Yeah. I just, at no point was I ever, like, this movie has absolutely zero redeeming qualities to it. Just none. There's just not a thing I could sit there and go, you know, this was good, though. I was able to do that with Don't Worry Darling. I was at least able to go, well, this was good, though. Not a damn thing. Not a frame of this movie, not a second, not anything. And I was at home, so it's not like I had tasty, delicious movie theater popcorn to give at least the movie theater going experience a plus. I was at home. I felt like I was trapped in my basement. I just cannot express in any words. I don't even think words have been invented yet that can describe how bad this movie is and actually get in a, in an accurate way what it actually is. And you've hated a lot of movies. So that's saying something. And the funny thing is, is I'm not a huge fan of the Halloween franchise because to me, it's been just in general, a very mid franchise. And it kind of makes me happy, though, that this and Halloween, Halloween Kills came out because I can certifiably now say that it's a below mid franchise now. 
Mm. And it makes me feel yeah. good. You know, like Heather was like talking about Lori Stroud being, you know, the first final girl. No, I want to correct that because I don't want to give this franchise anything. Because she wasn't. Uh, the girl from the first Chainsaw Massacre, final girl, was before this movie. Um, one of the girls was at uh, Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas, has a final girl before this movie. Last House on the Left, while the original version was more of a victim and not necessarily a final girl, fuck it, I'm going to say she's a final girl before this film too. Haha, fuck the Halloween franchise, you've got nothing going for you. The Friday the 13th franchise, Man. which is a ripoff of you, does it better. <laughs> you got beat by the great value version of your franchise. Because there's essentially what? Maybe two watchable movies in the Hollywood fra- Halloween franchise? Really? The original and then the reboot. That's it. Those are the only watchable movies. There's a ton of watchable Friday the 13th. Just saying. Friday the 13th, 8 is probably one of my favorites. And it's the eighth one. Shows the the value that the Friday the 13th franchise brings. Just saying. Fuck the Halloween franchise. And that should be a sin. Because do you remember the off-brand cereals that are just not as good? Oh, I remember the bag cereals. You remember the, that commercial the, where that guy's doing like that fucking penguin walk? Going, hey, oh, why yeah. am I walking like this? Because the good cereals are down here and you can save a dollar. I remember that Yeah, shit. and then remember eating them and going, and remember your parents buying them and then you ate it and it was bullshit. This is the opposite of that. Like, how can you get beat by your off-brands? <laughs> honey Nut Cheerios will never lose to Honey O's. You know, <laughs> it can't happen. Fruit Loops will never lose to Fruity O's, but it happened. <laughs> it totally happened in this case. And that should be a sin in and of itself. Yeah. I think the worst thing about bag cereals was my parents bought them when they were like, they would quote the commercials. They'd be like, it tastes the same. I'd be like, then why the fuck are you eating it? Why are you getting the nice box cereal? <laughs> That's for the adult fiber. Because my parents would sit there and buy me the shitty cocoa puffs that would like, you'd put them in the milk and the chocolate would like just instantly go away. But your milk didn't taste like chocolate. It was just brown colored milk. Yeah. And you had balls or something like that. And then you had just rabbit pellets. It was just rabbit pellets in brown milk. Was what that cereal ended up tasting like. And they're sitting there eating brand name Raisin Bran out of the box. <laughs> Just. Shameful. That, that good taste. And I wasn't a wasteful cereal eater. You know what I mean? You could have just. I wasn't one of those kids that opened it and didn't eat it. You wouldn't have wasted your money. You just give me the real shit. Then it's one of those things we essentially had to go on strike in my house. They just load up on bag cereals, and I'm like, you know what? I'm eating oatmeal. I ain't eating any fucking cereal till I get boxes. And we see, broke them down. 
I see, man, I, maybe I should have done that. My brother and I should have done that because we just trucked through and just ate it in hopes that the next time they went to the grocery store, we would get the good stuff. But we knew we had no chance of that unless we ate the the the, the honey O's. And so see, we just, we had to slave through them. Did, did and I wish parents, I had been smarter. Did your parents trap you? by you weren't done with the previous bag when they'd go to the store. So they'd already buy the new bag and they'd be like, well, I'm not buying Cheerios. You still haven't eaten all your, your honey O's yet. So we're <laughs> yep. yeah, honey O's exactly. again. You're like, you didn't give me a chance to finish. Those bags of cereal are like nine boxes big. I used to go to sleepovers though. And there was always like that one kid. They had like seven different cereals for options. And I was like, no, we have like one cereal bug. You better finish it before you open up a new one. Like, yeah, seven choices. Yeah, yeah. And look at you with rich friends. <laughs> I know, and they, yeah, yeah. You would anytime you went to a rich friend's cupboard, and man, they would just have <laughs> so much. Like they would have so many options. They'd have uh, three or four different cereals, all these different oatmeals, <laughs> all these different big. They, you know, the the parents had Sam's Club memberships, so they get <laughs> they buy everything in bulk. And you're like, oh. I've never seen so many packets of oatmeal in my life. You know, you know, you know, they didn't realize where they were going. If they called it a cupboard, you definitely knew they were rich because we called it a pantry. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Exactly. They're like, you want to go to my food cupboard? (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. You know, I knew. I don't know. Are we going to eat on the solarium? Where's one (laughs) of those? I found out about a cupboard. (laughs) Yep. A cupboard, a food cupboard. I want to start calling mine that just to make me feel fancy. See, I didn't have a cupboard or a pantry. We just had a cabinet. Same. That's just where the okay. cereal was in the cabinet. We didn't have pantries. Yeah, there, was no, there was no pantry. It was a cabinet. At my first house growing up. Like, it was just a lonely little corner. It was between the silverware <laughs> drawer and the washing yep. machine. That's where my cereal lived. In this dark <laughs> abyss. <laughs> Maybe that's why my parents bought bag cereals because it was easier to tell if miscreant rodents got in a bag than a box. I don't know. <laughs> because just, of where it lived. <laughs> I, I get just, it. I just know my cereal was just in this dark cave of loneliness. <laughs> like Michael Myers was for so many oh, years. Why did, I was having fun, Heather. Wait a why did you bit have back. to fucking go back to this movie? Listen, we have a we have a mission here, okay? <laughs> but I will I do oh. want to say though, like I get your point about the whole, you know, maybe maybe Lori wasn't the original final girl. But I feel like the one thing and I know you don't want to give Halloween anything, but I do think that Halloween is the the franchise that made you care about final girls more. I will say that. Nah, I'm just thinking there's more movies that Lori should have died in now. Because <laughs> if she died at the end of the first Halloween, I wouldn't have had to sit through these other fucking movies. I mean, Damn. they might she might as well have. Did you see the last two movies? She barely fucking in them. Might as well be dead. <laughs> I'm just saying, when she got stabbed in the reboot, fucking kill her off. It's a better utilization of her character than we got in two fucking four, like full length feature films. But see, even less people would have wanted to watch this last one than if Lori wasn't in it. 
she's the only reason some people probably would have even wanted to watch it. So what you're saying is they made a bullshit movie making you think she'd be in it to trick you into watching it, knowing damn well she's not actually in it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely probably what they did. Good old bait and switch. Fuck this movie. Recommendations (laughs) and scores? (laughs) Yeah. Recommendations and scores. I don't know. Uh, let's alphabetical order this shit. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I I can tell you're very, you worry a lot about this one. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. As a movie itself, I do not see. I can't even say I recommend it because it's the final movie of the franchise. I can't even say that, which is really sad, but I just, I can't in good conscience say somebody should watch this movie unless you just are a completionist of movies or franchises. That's the only reason to really watch this. If you're just like, no, I have to complete all the movies in a franchise or whatever. That's the only reason I would really recommend watching this movie. Um, It's a huge disappointment, even more so than the one before it. And it does not do justice for such an iconic character um characters actually but you know it I, I just feel like they decided not to care anymore and they just yeah i really just feel like their mindset was it doesn't matter what we make this movie about people are going to watch it and sadly it's true because a lot of people did watch it but um it's not good it's not interesting it doesn't leave any like fun twists or craziness that really happens that you're not already expecting to happen um they kind of fake it out a little bit making you think they're gonna do something crazy or a twist and they really don't um it it's almost like it none of the previous movies really matter in this one to be honest like honestly nothing in this movie at all matters to be to be real but um, I can't, I can't recommend it, which is really sad to say, cause I really, I was, I was really hoping they would do better this time and learn their lesson from the last movie, but they didn't. Um, no, I can't recommend it. Um, let me give this movie, mm, I think I'm going to give it 35 awkward flirting of old people in a grocery store out of a hundred. <laughs> that was the weirdest ever. That was crazy. Uh Katie, what about you? Uh same. I I can't recommend this and I am a completionist. Like I'll watch the worst version of anything that I care about. And if someone told me I didn't see Halloween ends, I'd be like, you did not miss anything. Like, if you want to know the end, I can tell you in like three seconds. But um <laughs> Yeah, cannot recommend this. I would give it, I mean, one out of 10, maybe horrible teenagers driving convertibles. <laughs> That's fair. Justin, I feel like I was too you? generous now. Man. Um, I was trying to think of a type of person that would like this, like a person that I could recommend this to. And I think if you are a person that enjoys being misled, like if you're a person that 
enjoys being lied to. I think we have the movie for you <laughs> because if you're a person that likes to watch movie previews and go, Oh, what they showed me, I want to go and it not be what I was shown in the previews. I think this movie is for you because I felt <laughs> lied to. I felt misled. I was told that this was going to be about one thing and it was not like at all what I was told, what I was advertised to. So if you are that person, I recommend it for people who enjoy being lied to. This one's for you. This is your soulmate movie. Uh, other than that, I'm really, I, I'm really upset about this guy's like. That was a genius recommendation, it, I have to say. <laughs> we're going to give it five. Apparently, you can grab somebody by the throat and turn them into a serial killer out of 100. Well. Wouldn't it be just like a, like out of left field if I'm like, I highly recommend it. Um, if somebody ever like comes up to you and they're like, "Hey, should I watch Halloween Ends?" The first thing you do is you slap them across the face, and when they turn around to ask you why did you do that, you kick them in the shin. And after like whenever they go, "Why would you keep doing this?" You punch them in the sternum, and when they're gasping for breath, just walk away. I also like the subtle approach because when Jason started saying like, if you're the type of person, all I could think someone saying, I like this movie and me just be like, what kind of a person are you? <laughs> it's just so disappointing. But yeah, that's what you do. If somebody asks if they should watch this movie. This is brutal guys. This is very brutal. <laughs> now, ever since we started doing the Cinescores. I feel like I have to give this a very appropriate score to just not throw off the average just because I'm on my bullshit. So we're going to give it realistic score. Negative 100. <laughs> Fair as fuck. Oh, man. Fair as fuck. So that that brings the official Cine score to a uh, negative 12.5. Great. <laughs> you know, that's New our record. first score that's been negative in the averages so far. And yeah, that's not surprising, though. I feel like it's too high. I feel like I'm probably going to reassess my score. I feel like maybe I was too generous. The reason no. I did give it like, because here's my thing about it. If I'm thinking about this movie and the one right before it, I will say I had more like fun or it was more entertaining watching this one than it was the one before it. Like what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> because the one before it, their whole evil dies tonight garbage that they kept doing <laughs> like every five seconds was driving me nuts. Like this one was, I guess if I was going to have to, if I, if I was forced to rewatch one of them, it would probably be this one. That's not saying much, but I'm just saying like that. I, I feel like that's the only thing I will say about this movie over the one before it. 
all I have to say is if somebody goes, give me Halloween ends or give me death, I say, fucking kill me. <laughs> also, that's valid. Yeah. I mean, I get it. That's fine. I don't blame you for that. I'm deeply yeah. appalled by that statement, though, Heather, that this was more entertaining. That's implying, and this is why I take so much offense to it. That's implying that there's anything entertaining in this movie. I mean, to each his own, but I'm just saying I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not saying like I super enjoyed this. I'm just saying I didn't hate it as much as the one before. (laughs) I did hate it. it. I think it just, when you have low expectations, it doesn't hurt as much. It's that's you know what? Yeah. I think that might be what it is. I really do. Because the thing is, this is not a better movie by any stretch of the imagination than the second one. It's definitely probably worse, to be honest. But I didn't. Um, it, it was maybe because it was more laughable. Like, at least it was bad. But I was able to laugh at the bad of what they were doing. In the second one, I was just too confused. I was just like, what is all of this, though? especially coming right off the tails of the one before it. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, that's, that's all I'm saying, but I don't think your statement is wrong either. Sterling. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe I'm just jealous, Heather, because you were able to laugh. I was in pain. <laughs> I was hurting. Every time I, you know, maybe could laugh out of, you know, sheer, like what the fuckedness. I instead winced in pain because I was like, because it hurt. (laughs) I mean, and I will say like, it's also a very predictable movie. I'll give it that too. Cause like I watched this movie with my brother. I haven't watched a movie with my brother probably since I was in high school. (laughs) So, you know, and he was like legitimately calling out every single thing that was about to happen. Like, and his family was going crazy. They were like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just guessing. And he was right every time. So it's just a very predictable, even though you're, it's not like you, I don't know. It's just one of those where you, you easily could see where it's going. You might not be dead on with it, but you could see where it's going with it. You know, you know, that's a fair assessment. And you know why I never got to that point in this movie is that would imply that this movie did anything to make me give a fuck enough. To want to guess. That's valid. Yeah. And it never, I I just didn't give a fuck. Like, I just did not care. Well, Sterling, if you were hurting during it, I was just angry during it. Because like I said, it was like a person that just keeps lying to you. And you know that, and you know that they're lying. Like you already have the evidence you have the text, you have everything, you have pictures. Like there's, there's no way that this person is, is telling the truth and they just continue to lie and you're just getting more and more angry. <laughs> and you're just like, will you please just stop lying to me and to, and just tell the damn truth. That's what this felt like. It just kept lying to me, Sterling. It just kept saying, we're about this. And I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not about what you advertise. I feel like we're all like our, our thoughts on this movie are like the stages of grief or something. (laughs) (laughs) There's like anger, there's acceptance, there's denial, Denial. there's all of it. Yep. 
bargaining. Bargaining. <laughs> you make this be the last Maybe one. The I will finish the movie. It. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny because Heather's experiencing the most of those of all of us. She's bargaining and in denial at the same time. <laughs> but I've also accepted it. It's like I, I'm hopeful because maybe they'll change it. But I've accepted the fact that it probably won't happen. I'm like three stages of grief in one movie. It's crazy. Yeah, let's let's actually move on. Spoilers. I just whatever. <laughs> okay, so this movie. First and foremost, the most important thing to talk about. And the reason why I had to stop watching it at one point. What the fuck? was with that corpse parade at the end of this fucking movie. The fuck was that? Who the fuck (laughs) had that thought and then let alone wrote it the fuck down and other people read it and then other people went, hey, let's actually film that. And then somebody actually gave them money to film it. And then people actually were there to film it. How many of these steps did this thing get through that no one, just no one in this entire film went, it's fucking dumb. I I was in shock because I was like, surely she wants to do that, but it won't happen. And then I thought, well, they're going to let her take the body, but not with her own car. And I was like, it just, like, I kept looking at the screen being like, I don't, that would never happen. <laughs> in no world. You can't just take a body. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, like, who, even the who cops were like, volunteer Michael Myers' body on top of their car. Especially after they've caused the most trauma in your life for 40 years. Here's my thing. And with that man's track record of being dead, I don't want him on top of my car. At any point, I expected that knife to come through the windshield. Right. See, I think I went through this a little bit differently than you guys. Because when she's like, nope, there's only one thing left to do. And all these cops are like, no, that ain't happening. I was like, okay, the first time I've agreed with a cop in like 20 years. And then I had that thought too. And then that other cop shows up and he goes, it's not by the books, but that's what we're doing tonight. I just hit stop. (laughs) I went, no, the fuck we're not. We are not doing that tonight. You will not make me do this. And I just, I just left. I walked away. I went and ate dinner. Oh, had a drink, <laughs> you know, laid with my cats Didn't for a little bit. Didn't even finish it. Oh, no. Pet them, you know, watch some TikTok. Just knowing what's waiting for you. <laughs> and then I went, okay, I have to be fair. Maybe, just maybe this movie isn't about to do what it's, it, it said it was going to do. So I came back, turned on my Apple TV, went to the Peacock app. Went to Hollywood, uh, Halloween Inns, clicked resume, and they started driving. I was like, fuck this. And then people <laughs> started again. fucking following it. They started <laughs> walking with the car. A, how the fuck did they know to come walk with the car? There wasn't yep. an announcement. There wasn't anything going on. They were right. like, hey, guys, come watch us fucking do something to Michael Myers' body. For all I knew, they were all going to go take it to a field and take turns fucking it. That was honestly the next logical step based on what the fuck this movie was showing me. But they're just going, they're all just walking. They're all just walking. And I'm like, also, how do any of these people know what the fuck that actually is? 
That's just a guy that's dead tied to the top of a car. There's no one saying there's not a sign. There's not anything saying, hey, this is actually Michael Myers. No, these people are just, hey, guys, there's a dead body on top of this car. Let's go watch something happen to it. Yeah. No context. And then they went to that junkyard and then they turned on that meat grinder or that fucking car grinder thing. And I was like, no, no, the fuck they're not. They're not about to turn this into a TikTok video where they see where you shove all the things into the, the, the crushing machine to see if it'll crush or not. And they did that with Mike Myers, Mike Myers body. I was like, okay, well, at least this movie's ending now. And then no, they had to go to the geriatric notebook scene afterwards. Where she's like, oh, the boogeyman's dead. Hey, guy, you want to go fuck? <laughs> and then, then, then they end the movie. They just had to have the scene where they're just going to be some old people fucking. And just so many, there are so many writers on this movie. Like nine people wrote this movie. That's How did terrible. they all cohesively agree that that's just a good way to end anything? I mean, Andy McBride, one of the writers, distracted him. Was he really? Probably. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Danny McBride's been one of the writers on all three of these movies. And do you know what I was really looking forward to? Last year, I remember an article coming out saying, Danny McBride will most likely have a cameo appearance in Halloween Ends next year. And I was like, this movie's horrible, but I'm waiting for him to pop up and like be like a share something ridiculous. And it never <laughs> happened. Again, I was lied to. <laughs> Maybe he has the body on top of the car. That <laughs> right. would be hilarious. That I would. Yeah. I just the, that was it, it's the worst conceivable ending ever. Like I am awestruck that anybody even thought of that as a possibility. Let alone had the audacity to write it down. It's all the people that grew up with Beauty and the Beast, like my generation, because that was very like villagers kill beasts. Yeah, well, but like, with we're, the thing. we're all that generation. <laughs> Still, fuck. It hurt. <laughs> Just that cop shows up and goes, it might not be procedure, whatever the fuck he said, but it's what we're doing tonight. Like, that just shit stops because Michael Myers was around. Why the fuck did he go? We got purged for the next six minutes. Let's go just desecrate a body, guys. I'm also just tired of the trope of like, I'm sorry, if there was like a 40 plus year long serial killer murderer in my town, I would have moved like forever ago. That like was none such of a them moved. thing when Corey asked. Allison, like, okay, why move? Why Haddonfield? She's like, all my memories are here. And I was like, is that yeah. that's the only reason? <laughs> the <laughs> memories of your family being murdered? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Well, on top of that, Haddonfield, Illinois, is not a real place. But where theoretically it is, where it should be. Um, about like 30, 40 miles south of me. Down 55. Fuck it. Just move to Wilmington. Move to Peoria. Move to Bloomington. Move to Joliet. There's Any tons other of small places town you can move Illinois. to right there. I mean, move anywhere yeah. along I-55. 
Like, move to Joliet. It's fine. We're not that bad of a place. Just move here. You know, quick 30-minute trip. You're down at home. You can go see grandma. But you're not fucking living there. It's not that hard. I mean, it's just that logic. And then on top of that, like, what was with the Bonnie and Clyde fucking bullshit with her and Corey through this movie? Uh, You want me to burn it down? (laughs) Yeah, burn it down, baby. Mm, What the fuck were those scenes? I don't know. It was oddly sexual. Who is Corey? Like, why? He was awkward and dumb and the movie just Straight kept telling me to care about him and I didn't give a damn and they just <laughs> kept trying they just kept trying and I was like I can't <laughs> wait for this movie to shift focus and it didn't then I realized I realized this was about Corey and I was so angry I was sitting yep. here I was so angry I was like where the hell is Michael Myers and then I found out Michael Myers has been in a sewer tunnel for four years. He's just been chilling. Justin, that should have made you happier than anything. Michael Myers was practically a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I actually, in the movie, I was like, oh, he's the Rat King. So he's been <laughs> living. Ooh, that's a good one, Justin. Because yeah. those, those rats and stuff were around there. And I went, okay, so Michael Myers is the Rat King now. And you could tell that's where he was when they started showing the scenes and stuff. But I was like, this is where he's been. And and then when he grabbed Corey by the neck and somehow Corey saw his, Michael's memories, I was like, okay, what was no, that? No. Was that it was like the other way around? Michael saw Corey's memories. Because okay. Michael essentially gained evil awakening powers in this movie. And he could awaken your evil. Somehow, yeah. If you looked in his eyes, he would awaken the evil inside you. In you. Okay. Yeah. And that's why from that moment on, everybody kept saying, when they look in Corey's eyes, they can see the evil. Why didn't Michael do that so long ago if he had that ability? <laughs> I even made a note because I was like, wait a second, because when first went out and just like did murder real quick, after the being choked by Mike Myers, it was <laughs> like, murder real for quick. a split second, I was like, is Michael somehow like inhabiting? Are they saying this like evil is traveling? Because I even wrote down, I was like, can he just like switch bodies? Because he could have done that a long time ago. And I was like, Maybe that's what I yeah. wish I was confused this too. movie went. I Wouldn't wish that be cool? that's the way it was. That Michael transferred his Michaelness into somebody else. And that that was Corey trapped in his body. Then you could just live forever. Yeah, that would have been Your an body. interesting concept. But this one well, was like, man, if you're mean to that kid, you know, and he gets around a serial killer, he'll become one too. Weirdest moral story ever. And I'm just like, <laughs> why did he live? No one else in my craft lived, but like, no, you were, you were kid. Like, I was like, hey, or two like i don't get it. what were they going for yeah yeah and and that's the thing is like i i get what they're trying to do with some of this stuff like they're trying to do the whole 
is uh, is evil inherent or is it something that is like taught or learned or you know pushed into people by their environment is it you know just because you do a bad thing doesn't mean you're a bad person like you know like the whole accident at the beginning of the movie was that like a sign of deeper trouble in in Corey or was it just legitimately an accident i get that that's what they were trying to do but like Justin said earlier in his spoiler free thing, the execution's terrible. Like you get that that's what they're trying to do, but they never actually get to that message. They hint at it constantly. And then while they're hinting at it, they throw so much other bullshit at you. That whatever message they have with some of that stuff or these deeper themes are just incoherent nonsense in the end you know like so many people on tiktok because i do spend too much fucking time on that app it's absurd there's a subset of people on there that absolutely love this movie there is this one girl going off talking about how you just don't get it and that's why you don't like it and then she's been saying from the beginning that michael myers isn't after Laurie Strode, that's just, you know, been a byproduct of things. But in the end, he's just evil and killing and whatever and all this other shit. And she's like breaking down this trilogy. And she's like, you know, uh, the first one of this trilogy was like hiding from your fear. And the second one, Halloween Kills, was about denying your fear. And this one is what happens like when you succumb to your fear and like all these things. And I'm like, if anything's about succumbing to fear, that's actually Halloween kills because the entire town succumbs to fear. You know, yeah. that's that's where you get mob mentality. That's succumbing to fear. Yep. That's everybody acting irrationally because they are in a group succumbing to fear. If anything, then this movie is about denying fear because everybody's now like conspiratorial about the idea of Michael Myers and all these other things and looking to blame other things. That's denying fear. So I don't necessarily disagree with what her themes were. She puts them on the wrong movies because that's not what this is. And then also you can't sit there and say that this franchise isn't about Michael and and Laurie Strode because look at Hollywood uh, 2018. He goes like nine miles outside of town just to get to Laurie. Don't sit there and tell me he's not going after Laurie when he goes out his fucking way to get to Laurie. And because she burns the house down around him he's like you know what i'm done with Lori. i'm just gonna go get other things right. now <laughs> yeah like because also like if he wasn't after Lori, well i guess technically he killed a lot of people in the second movie but he straight up just like went after Lori's daughter too but i feel like yeah like it doesn't that doesn't make sense because i feel like it kind of takes away a little bit of what the the good parts about Halloween if he's not specifically after Lori. Like I feel like that forever hunt and that forever chase is like, you know, like that's and kind of like what Jasmine was saying, like that's what we were hoping for in this movie was like, oh, it's a final showdown between these two after 40 years. And that's what people wanted, you know? And like to say that that's it was never about her actually takes away from the things that people love about this movie, I think. I mean, I liked the idea that he was like, no, I I need Lori. I have to get Lori. She's the only one that's really survived me and 
all these other things. Like, I think that makes a better story than just like, she just happened to always be around when I was doing evil stuff. Like that doesn't make as much sense. And that's a worse movie. So to kind of dim it down to being that actually makes the movies worse. If, if that's what she's saying, you know? And then on top of all of that, like it, you take what, like you said, Heather, you take probably the most interesting thing in these movies. The only redeeming thing I've ever had for this franchise is the dynamic with Laurie Stroud and Michael Myers. Everything else is just filler. Everything is just filler. And what adds insult to injury in this movie is when you finally get to it, you finally get to the end of this movie. And you're like, big epic showdown. It's it's a, just a thing. It's just some shit that happens. You know, like they kind of fight. There's nothing inherently that cool. There's nothing inherently like epic about it. Because it just feels tacked on to the end of this, of the Corey story. They just go, hey, yeah. welcome to Coreyville. <laughs> and then they go, oh, yeah, we forgot. This is Halloween. I guess here's some Lori Stroud and Michael Myers. At the end. Right. It comes across as a fucking, like, afterthought. Yeah. Is it weird to say that I actually think the showdown in Halloween H2O was better than this showdown between them? (laughs) I mean, I'm not even saying that movie was good, but the showdown at least was better. You're implying that anybody remembers that showdown, Heather. (laughs) I know it. I know it took longer than like seven. Right. All we got here. True. Yeah. You know, the only reason I remember that movie is because Josh Hartnett was in it. Come on, be real. <laughs> oh, yes. Ethan Hawke forgot he was in that movie. But to your he point was about like, Go figure. But like your point about it being so much about Corey, like it was almost as if they had an ending to Halloween, but they didn't have a story. Like they just have the showdown and the ending. For Lori and Michael Myers, but they had no story or no real way to get there. And then it was like another director or another writer, somebody had this story about this Corey guy and his journey and everything like that and a relationship and all of that kind of stuff. And it was like they just mixed them together. It was like they were just like, hey, I have a story about a romance and a guy, am I evil or not? And he's questioning himself, but I don't have an ending. And then it was like the other person was like, well, I've got this showdown with Laurie and Michael Myers and I kind of have an ending, but I don't really have a story. So how about we just combine those two things and that'll be the movie. But it felt like two completely different things. Like, I I, I think the problem with it, Justin, is... Hey, I think you might be on to something. But I think the problem with it is, is that they didn't even actually try to like put the scripts together. They just took the scripts and threw them into a fan. (laughs) And then all the words got cut up and scrambled all over the place. And then they just took it like tape and they just put it down in all the words and just started taping that to pages. And that became the script. 
Because the way they intermix with each other is also what is so jarring about it. Like, you never feel any real cohesiveness in the matter. Even though, like, Corey and Michael have scenes where they actually interact and tag team and do all these things. It feels like two separate things. Like, they still feel separate. You know? That motherfucker goes and just beats the shit out of Michael Myers. Just beats the shit out of him. Takes so that man's mad. mask, and then I was so bad. Just goes and gets one tooed by Lori real quick. Just one two done. And then they do that whole haha. I'm gonna frame you with my suicide, so your granddaughter hates you. Which okay, that could have been a thing, I suppose. But the problem is, is in the context of the movie. She gets mad at her grandmother thinking she murdered Corey to get the fuck over it. What? 8.7 seconds later. Yep. Having, I thought she was looking at evidence, you know, against how she's feeling. And I around of like, how does she know to back? And then like, you cried about Corey. Like what? Yeah. What brought you to that conclusion? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. she's just right after. I know Corey killed those kids, and you were right about him. When the fuck did you find that out? <laughs> yeah, who told you that? It wasn't even on I the news like that these kids died. Or something like, yeah. like putting information together. Nope, it been. See, that, that would have been. Way. Yeah, that would have been better. Like at least put some clues together or something to be like, oh, I'm in the wrong here. No. Nothing. And why they didn't do that, I don't know, because it's not like this movie didn't have at least three or four scenes where it was flashback cuts of all these other things. Right. That was an established part of your movie. Like, so just do it. But it's one of those things. It's 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 wasting our time with these weird story arcs that you commit so little to that you are willing to undo that seconds later. You know, like, so why the fuck should I give a shit about anything going on in your movie when you are so unwilling to commit to it yourself? And on top of that, can we get past this weird trope of high school bullies just killing people in the middle of a street? <laughs> like, I know what, they didn't outsiders? actually oh, kill Corey. I know that they didn't actually do it. But they thought they did. And it's the same conversations in every one of those movies. Because there's always a group of four. It's always a group of four. And there's always one or two of them going, oh, no, how could you do that? And he's like, I didn't do nothing. He fell. And they're like, no, you killed him. No, I didn't. And you're going to shut your mouth. We're just going to go to school now. That that conversation has happened no less than 9,000 times in movies since 1974. That's every Stephen King bully movie. You're right. That's yep. fair. But like, it, it, why? Why? Do, it is 20 yeah. fucking 22. Why does that scene still exist? It's tiresome. And like, I'm not trying to sit there and say that high schoolers aren't shitty people. They are. But. According to movies. 
high schoolers are rampant murderers just all the time (laughs) murdering people. If you live in a small town and you have a teenager, they have either been killed or they've killed no less than 27 people. There's no middle ground. (laughs) No middle ground. And especially the fact that he was older because they were trying to get him to buy beer for them, right? So he had to be 21 for that. Then they're like, oh, because you didn't get it, we're mad at you. They didn't, they never seemed like kids who were like, oh, he's that child killer. So we've got this, we've got this anger towards him. And that's why we're, it was like they tried to lump that in a little bit later, but those kids never felt like that. It never felt like it was like, oh, we're doing this because we're vindictive. They were like, hey, get us beer, older person. And he went, no. And they're like, oh, we're just going to bully this 20-something-year-old. Like, really? Like, I mean, how many high school students are that brave? Like, I just don't see that a lot. Like, that's not a... And these are fucking band nerds, too. Oh, let's just bully him because he didn't get us liquor. Come on now. And that's the thing. I will try to maybe give this movie a little credit because typically it's the high school athletes. These were band nerds. Yeah. <laughs> and I can yeah. tell you right yeah. now, band nerds aren't that brave. <laughs> I was one. We don't I mean, do that shit. We do crazy <laughs> sex things in the back of a bus. We don't do that. Well, I mean, I think mostly my thing with that is like that trope and that weirdness of like, why is this entire town like provoking this guy that they're so sure is just this murderer. I mean, he is, he did murder a child, but like everyone's like, Oh, so you're that child murderer. And then they just want to step to him. Like that's nothing. Like why, (laughs) like why, why are people doing that? Like, I don't know, even, even if it's supposed to be like that, I'm pissed at you and I want to kill you because you killed a child. That's not even what it was. It was just like, Oh, you won't buy me beer, but you know what? I know you're a child murderer. So now I'm going to bully you more. Like, it was just so weird. Like, like why it, why is everybody in this town just like, Hey, you're that guy, right? You're that guy that murdered that kid. Like, why are you stepping to someone like that? I wouldn't do that. I don't know. On top of all that, Heather, while I agree with all that too, Hey, it's weird that people still just automatically know everybody in all these situations. They always end up knowing. Right. I don't know any fucking kids that paid that much attention to the fucking local news. But then on top of that, (laughs) but then whenever he goes to the fucking gas station and he's buying his chocolate milk or whatever, nobody fucking knows who he is. You know what I mean? Like, they're not like, like, I mean, they may, but like, nobody's really stepping to him like that. Nobody's really saying anything to him at the bar until that mom does. It's just so, it like inconsistent when people have a problem with the fact that he may or may not have killed that child, you know? And, but that's also one of the big problems with this movie is how vastly inconsistent it is, including like Michael Myers. Like, so the very first time we see Michael Myers and he's like, you know, got that guy in the choke, he's doing so. And he's kind of favoring the one arm showing that it was still damaged from being stabbed in the shoulder. And then whenever the cops there and they they kill the cop, he's doing the same thing. He's kind of holding that arm back and stuff like that. Still like implying that it was damaged. And I know one of the big things of lore that they've added to this trilogy and stuff like that is like the more havoc he causes, he kind of gets stronger. Like the more people fear him, the like stronger he gets. So he gets to that part later 
whenever they kill the doctor and his mistress, he's able to like fully pick that woman up with the arm that was damaged. And he's able to like, you know, hold her up one armed with that and then stab her so hard that her body can sustain itself on a kitchen knife. But then right after that gets his ass kicked by the same kid. So he goes from gaining his strength back to getting his ass kicked to somehow getting his strength back when he fights Lori. They're wildly inconsistent with that. And then on top of that, another reason why I, you know, disagree with that one woman talking about how it's not about Lori Strode. Yeah. When he goes to the house towards the end of the movie and it's heavily implied, he's actually just there to pick up his mask and it just turns out that it's Lori Strode's house. But like, obviously that they wanted the final showdown to be between Lori Stride Stroud and Michael Myers, no matter how much they want to frame that maybe he's not after her or whatever from Hollywood kills and this, because then why would he like have homing pigeon accuracy to find his fucking mask? Also, why would they have that scene where he was standing outside just staring at her a little bit? It's so it's wildly inconsistent with a lot of that stuff. And then all of a sudden he's got all the strength in the world. He can have his hand cut in half and then biologically speaking, not have the ability to fucking make a fist anymore or grip anything, but he's able to put his cut ass hand around her fucking like throat to choke her out. And like, it's just like, what the fuck? And at no point, like they're doing all this stuff. Like they're, they're cutting his neck and they're like stabbing him in the chest and they're doing all this other shit. Fucking cut his head off then. Cut his fucking head off. Don't do all this other shit. Don't do a corpse parade to like, you know, cut his head off. You cut his fucking head off. And also, what the fuck was that scene too? When she fucking holds his hand while he's dying? Like they're trying to make it like it's the sentimental thing that she's like slightly sad that this chapter of her life is ending. Yeah. No. Yeah, after he kills her daughter and everybody else, she's just going to hold his hand. Like, and I think that what they were going for was the whole, like, you know, we're not, we're one and the same, but the whole, like, we're, we're kind of always meant to be in this battle type of thing. And like, that's, I feel like that's what they were going for, but they, again, kind of like with everything else, they did not execute that well at all. And then it just felt weird. Yeah, it was supposed to be like, I think, a visual representation of how they're always connected. See, and that's why that TikToker that you're talking about, I don't agree with that. I'm like you. I don't agree with that take at all because these movies spent time talking about the connection between those two, Laurie and Michael Myers and everything like that. And I think that scene that you're talking about was supposed to be like a visual representation of that, that this that this feud, this this connection, this thing that has had these characters together for so many years is coming to an end. I feel like it was supposed to be a visual representation of that. But if it's like that TikToker says, no, it's not really about that. None of that really matters. Why do any of that stuff? You know? No, exactly. Because, I mean, I, I think what you were looking for, Heather, is it's like they're the two sides of the same coin type of scenario yeah that's what it is yeah 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 and 
like I get that. Like there is some nice duality with it. And I think that they should have actually like leaned into that more and, and done what they've said multiple times, even in these reboots, like one can't live or like one can't die while the other one lives. I know that that's technically the prophecy from Harry Potter, but they've more or less said that numerous times in this, like he can't die. If she's alive, like they both have to die. I think that that would have been a more fitting way to do it. Like, Something happens and he has to like, she has to like stab herself through the chest to get him in the heart or something. So it kills her and it kills him too. That type of scenario, that would have been a more fitting way to do this. It's just that like this whole movie, they just, they're weirdly just obsessed with Corey and like, and they're doing that whole thing, like a callback to like the 1970s stuff where, He's got like that really weird old costume. And he's got that stupid little scarecrow mask. God, that was the stupidest thing in the world. Whenever he's like sitting there, like just sitting on the ground and like stabbing that doctor. And then he just looks up and he's got that dumb little mask on. I was like, that is the worst visual representation of a way to do this. (laughs) My brother said in that moment, he's like, that is not the way Michael would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that so? Was that mask? I remember seeing it out. That no, no, no. That's the mask she gave him to go to that party. Oh, that's right. Because she was like, oh, I've got a mask for you. And like, I don't even know what they were really trying to imply that there might be something deeper with that. I think it would have been better if you kind of did the whole like, like almost like a tin man thing. And it's like, does he actually have a heart? You could have implied that better, but no, they went with a scarecrow. So all I'm thinking is like, does he have a brain? And I'm like, this movie doesn't. And then also like, like nine people die in this movie. It's so boring. (laughs) I had the feeling I'll watch. I got like, I was like, it's like while well, we're sitting down in the room, everyone showed up, nothing, not tie anything together. Like, <laughs> like started a lot of storylines. Said, ah, okay. right. Someone blame. So at one point, you know, Corey's mom is like telling him, like screaming, like get out of my house, and then he goes back to the house and screams at him again. And then kisses him on the mouth and is like, I'm sorry, kisses him on the mouth. And then the dad figure just says, I hope you find love. And then the scene ends. Yeah. And I was extremely weirded out by that entire scene. Correct. Same. Yeah. What the Same. hell? That? I, I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was about to kind of start it rampaging. Was- and. I, I, I remember what the dad says. I remember the whole, like, I hope you find love. Because I know that they were fighting about the fact that he was with the granddaughter. Like, across face, and I remember that. Face, I, says, I'm sorry. It's full on flip. I don't see. That's yeah. the part I don't remember. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was like, why? Like, there's so many choices to be made in that moment. And that's the choice they went with. Like. Did he I don't kill know. his mom? I don't remember. No. Oh, no, he didn't. I thought he did. 
<laughs> That's how much I don't remember this movie after a week. <laughs> this is sad, guys. No, I guess he didn't. I know his I dad. No, I don't think. Died. I don't think so. So wait, he did all that shit, but he never killed his mom. Wait, I think maybe he did, but they didn't show it. Because I remember a moment when she's like screaming or something, but they don't show what happens to her. Am I making I that up? This earlier today, but that I don't know. This is sad, guys. This is I how bad Google this it. movie is. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. I will Google if Corey killed his mom. Well, I mean, Man. <laughs> go ahead, Jason. No, I was just gonna say th- this whole Corey character just—it's mind-boggling that they wanted to introduce this character and then tell this kind of story. And like, I'm sitting there, and I mean, as dumb as this might be. I mean, I don't still don't think that this is a good idea, but if you wanted to do this story of this person who experienced all this trauma and was close to Michael Myers and the should I or should I not, what's really in me? Am I this way or am I that way? Doesn't Allison seem like a better candidate for this story? Yes. Like, correct. She's closer to it. She's closer to it. Her her sister or I'm sorry, her mother is dead because of this situation. That's a lot of trauma. Then the whole relationship with her and Lori, her grandmother, and she's all close to it. And this whole thing about the townspeople, there were a lot of townspeople when they would approach Lori, they would be like, it's because of you that people are this way. You know, this town is like this because of you, you brought that Michael Myers here and, you know, it's because of you this happened and the connection that Michael has with you, that's the way the town is the way it is. And so, like, I can picture a scenario where maybe all of this, Allison is absorbing all of this, and maybe she loses her way. Maybe she finds Michael, but keeps him alive. And she's just going down there. She's struggling with, should I kill him or should I not? And maybe it's like this thing of, like, her, like, having this conflicting thing, like she's angry at him, but there's a part of him, but there's a connection with him because of everything that happened with her. And I could almost see her becoming this crazed person and kind of blaming her mom and all of that kind of stuff. To me, she felt like a better candidate for this than creating this other person that I don't give a damn about and doing it with him. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I agree. Cause I'm like, what? That's one of my biggest problems with this movie is why are you introducing this brand new character? Who's apparently super important to this story in the very last movie of this franchise, instead of focusing on the characters that people actually care about. That was my big, one of my biggest problems with this movie. And then on top of that, you kill him off so fast. You know what I mean? Like, you kill him off so quick into this. It's like, but why? Like, why was that the route you needed to go? Because I, I absolutely agree with you, Justin. The character that turns into a serial killer is the granddaughter. Yeah. It's the yeah. granddaughter. And, dude, the one thing I think they could have saved this movie is if they kept everything the same. And when the granddaughter comes in and she finds Michael Myers there, and the grandmother and all this other stuff, if she just takes the knife and fucks and stabs Lori. 
And she's like, no, it all ends tonight. And then just blames it on Michael. And that's how she starts her new life. She rids herself of all of that shit. Mm. And goes, I'm okay. done. Okay. It all yeah. ends tonight. I'm starting over new. That would have made sense. Infinitely more sense than, like I said, the dead body parade. <laughs> but no, I absolutely agree, Justin. The only character that deserved that storyline was her. Yeah. And they they yeah. have her teeter on that when she's like, yeah, let's burn the whole town down. Which also, what is this shit? Is it a 1960s gangster film? We're going to burn the town down. Yeah. That was in the that? same conversation where he's like, why don't you just leave? And she said, all my memories are here. And then in like three seconds, they're like, yeah. let's burn it down. It's like, Man. yeah, there's no continuity. Like, Exactly. Right. And if you had gone the Allison route, man, maybe there's a way better story where these killings are happening and and we we think Michael is back or, you know, and we maybe we think it's Michael or we think he's back. We He's resurfaced or something like that. Lori's all trying to figure it out. And then you get to the end and it's Allison been doing all this shit, you know. Man, and then it could go to a flashback where she found him in the sewer and she had just murked him four years earlier. Yeah. Like she mm. found him that night and killed him. That would have yeah. been such a better story, man. And, and she killed him and then, but but then kept going down there. Like, killed him, his body's laying there, and she just kept going down there, just looking at him and you just know what? staring that, at him. That would explain her strangely super quick connection to this serial killer vibey dude. <laughs> and she was like having these like meetings with Michael and still seeing him and whatever. And she's like, mm, he gives me the same vibes as Michael. Let me bring him down or something like that. That would have made more sense well, because mm -hmm. I was so confused why she was super into this guy from the get go without knowing him without anything like that. And she was just, all in right away. It was just super weird the way that they did that storyline. Yeah. And then like you could have done this whole thing where you could have had the Corey character kind of and him just be introduced as her new boyfriend and all this yeah. stuff. And then like you have that scene where like people are dying and people think Michael Myers might be back, but nobody's quite sure. And all this other stuff, like you just see people dying. You see, you know, like kind of keep it where you don't ever focus on Michael. Show people getting murdered. Show the Michael Meyer mask. Show the fucking, you know, the knife, all that shit. But, you know, kind of keep Michael out of slightly out of focus. So you can't tell like the body shape. You know what I mean? Kind of keep it a little loose with that stuff. And then you can have it to where she's like, do you want to know why Halloween's my favorite time of year? And she puts on the whole get up and he's like, what the fuck? Is this? And then she murders him too. Yeah, that would be a twist that would be a little bit more worthwhile for sure. Yeah. Did did he end up killing his mom? Did you find out? Yes, he did. According to Time Magazine, he did okay. kill his mom. Okay. But I think you are right, Heather. I don't think it shows it. Which then, just fucking show it. Like, get the fuck out of here. Why not? Just, yeah. Like once again, like why are you hiding that shit? Um. I want to know if you guys noticed something I noticed. This movie was weirdly obsessed with using food in a lot of scenes, like the whole apple pie burning, and that caused all the whole chaos in the morning of the one, or the 
you know, them putting something in the microwave to explode to distract Michael or her throwing the pumpkin guts on the floor to do mm. a scene transition or when she exploded the pumpkin, like when she shot the pumpkin to trick, you know, Corey into thinking like this movie in like the whole beginning scene when he's like cutting a slice of cake or whatever. And that's why the kid steals the knife or whatever. Like this movie's weirdly obsessed with food like that. I didn't even notice that. Huh? You're right though. Good point. Good point. I bet got Bombi too, but yeah. One thing that like really bothered me again, like the intro, I was like, what happened to my intro? Like while they were doing the credits, I was like, you changed it up. Like they did not have the one pumpkin with the black. They didn't even use the same font. And I thought in all the movies previous, they've done that exact same font from the seventies. And I was like, what happened? Okay. There is actually an explanation for that. The font is different because uh, the Halloween 2018 uses the same color and font as the first Halloween Halloween kills use the same color and font of Halloween two. This uses the same font and color scheme as Halloween three season of the witch. Oh, they actually do. I didn't that, know that. There is a reason for that. Whether it's a good one or not. Yeah. That's a whole other story. But the weird thing is, isn't the, um, the third one, not even yes. part of this. And like, they're still using that. It's that's the weird. one without Michael Myers. Correct. And this mm. is the last one. You should yeah. have just done the original. Yeah, yeah, that really bothered me for some reason. That's fair. It bothered me, I think too. because I love that intro. Yeah, like, me too. Every time and I see it in me. the theaters, when I see these movies in the past, I'm like, I thought it, I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah. It was so genius to like, you know, because the first one, wasn't it like the pumpkin was like shrinking and deteriorating? And then the, the 2018 one, it was like coming back to life, right? Yeah. And I thought that was and so great. And this one, they didn't do any of the normal they things. They went inside right. like pumpkin's vagina. <laughs> yeah, they kept making it like disintegrate and something would birth out of it and they kept doing it and I was like, I don't care for this shit at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And, I mean, you know what? Maybe we should have just from the intro that we get in these movies realized what this movie was going to be. <laughs> what what are we going to get based on the intro of this movie is what we should have gotten with I think yeah from the get go they're like I don't really care <laughs> it is what they're it like, is Can we, I just yeah. want to leave the room <laughs> it felt like someone was like right. working overtime and didn't want to be there see yeah and I so mean if you're I feel on like YouTube right now you can actually see something I don't know. I'm prepping like, I, a demonstration it just uh, I have I've removed the um screen off my mic and I've actually detached it from my mic stand because there is a scene in this movie that absolutely upset me royally and that's when they've got the radio station and he's go like Corey's going to kill the radio DJ and that radio DJ's mic is hanging in front of him if anybody knows the microphone he has in front of him is an electro voice RE20 it's the same microphone I use it is my favorite microphone of all time I love this microphone, but, and you will hear the difference. The way it is set up in the movie is what bothered me because the RE20 is an end address microphone. You talk into the end of it. It's a cylindrical tube. You talk into the end. It's not a side address mic. So the DJ in the scene, he has the mic set up like this straight up and down in front of him. 
And if you talk into the side of this microphone, you can tell how drastically different my voice is right now versus if I talk into it properly because it is designed like this. So that means all these people in this movie a, who use microphones because they use microphones in a movie set. They have sound engineers. They have all the shit. Actually let them film the sound like this. And it's also like this far away. So like as diminished as my voice is right now. This is what the movie was saying. This microphone should be. I know as far as issues go in this movie. It's a very small one. But this movie also gave me zero reason to not notice that a fucking microphone was set up wrong because what the fuck else was I going to watch <laughs> the scene? It was a stupid scene. I gave zero fucks about that scene. So all I am going to notice is that the microphone was wrong is the flaws. And I, I came up with a, uh, a, a demonstration of what that would sound like for all you, you know what? That's a good point, though, too, because I feel like this movie really, because of how bad it is, it's almost like one of those where you notice every bad thing. <laughs> like, for me, and I was like, I'm being petty right now, but I'm just saying, like, for example, the whole thing about um, Allison, you know, being a nurse and all this stuff, and they're like, she was up for charge nurse or whatever it was, and she didn't get it. And I'm like, that's not, that's not realistic. She would have just graduated. She would have just been a nurse. There's no way she'd be up for charge nurse. And I have no idea why that bothered me so much. But I think it's the fact that everything about this movie was so bad. Like, what else was I going to focus on? I'm going to focus on all the flaws of this movie. And I'm like, there's no way she would be up for charge nurse. There's no way in this timeline of what's going on. There, that would not even be a possibility. That's just dumb. So it's well, just... It's one of those movies where you just notice every little thing because of how bad it is. Well, the sad thing about it is the reason why they had that storyline. I can tell you exactly why they had that is because they also had to have the trope of just some woman fucking a guy (laughs) and getting her own way. Yeah, right. Like over like to show why the character was slighted, like why, why our protagonist was slighted, you know. Was because, oh, this other nurse had to be fucking the doctor to get it over her. Couldn't be that she's been a nurse for like at least eight years longer. No, no, no. Right. She sucks the doc's dick. So she gets the job (laughs) over the person that graduated college, you know, six months before. Right. Yeah. You're right. And that's probably what it was. But I'm like, there are so many other ways that you could have moved that storyline along. And honestly, with this type of movie, you don't actually need a reason. It could just be what it is, like the nurse sleeping with the doctor. Like, you don't need a reason for that in this movie. So it was just like, (laughs) I was so, and it was, it was funny to me because I'm like, why am I so focused on this, like, minute detail that doesn't matter? But I think it's like you said, Sterling, it's like, what else are you going to focus on? There's no good things to focus on. So you just hyper focus on these bad things and these bad storylines or story details that they try to give you. And they, they try so hard to, for whatever reason, to make you care about these things that don't matter. Like I could care less about Allison and Corey because what reason did they give me to care? She is full force in right away. 
she's known him less than a week and she's ready to give up her relationship with her grandmother. Like, what is this? This is dumb. This makes zero sense. It would have made more sense, like you said, if like Allison was the one who was becoming the evil person or whatever, like, or even just giving us some sort of base of their relationship. She was like, I don't know. It was like she was in heat or something. And she was just like, oh, first guy I see, let me just get with him and just do all the things because that's all it gives you. (laughs) Yeah. Just like this movie, we won't slut shame here. If she wants to just fuck a guy she meets, she can. And that's we, definitely not what I'm trying to do. I'm just we saying are like very pro slut. Okay. <laughs> no shame you know in the game. Fair enough. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like they the way they tell the story is they want you to care so much more about their dynamic and like leave the town with me and all these things. And it's like, why do we care? Like you just met this guy. Like well, it's You're, because I don't know. They want they want to portray this relationship as some weird, macabre version of star-crossed lovers, like they're just misunderstood people, you know, that have been tortured by these unfair circumstances and this town that won't, you know, give them any peace. And it's not really the same. Like if you really think about it, one has her mom killed by a serial killer and her friend and her boyfriend. And like the other one killed a kid. They're not comparable in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Right. But it's almost like, it almost feels like the, the fact that her mom was killed in the second one wasn't even really a factor in this movie. What are you talking about? They showed that picture for half a second. You're right. What yeah. more did you want, Heather? You got <laughs> half a second of remembering the one character's death. That's my mistake. Yeah, yeah, that's totally my mistake. But no, like, I just, I don't know. I And I don't know if they were trying to go with, like, the the comparison of Lori and Michael and then now Corey and Allison. I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. But if it was, again, poorly executed because... I'm just trying to think of another reason why we're supposed to care so much about the storyline that was just introduced in this third movie when everybody wanted to see the Lori Michael showdown. And I don't know. And the fact that she, and I think that's one of my other pet peeves about this movie is they completely change who Lori is in this movie. Like she was badass, extra prepared for everything in that first movie and even in the, like going into the second one, cause it was kind of the same night, but like in this movie and, and maybe it was for saying like, okay, I'm trying to move on, whatever, but just completely changing her personality. Like you can move on and move past something and try to heal from something without completely changing the personality of who you are. And that is what they did with her in this movie. She's this awkward person, like house housewife looking like, didn't know how to be kind of person in this movie when before she's just like, no, be extra prepared for everything. I'm ready for whatever comes my way. And in this one, it was almost like she didn't even know how to talk to people. Like, and I guess kind of, she wouldn't know how to necessarily talk to people because she was so isolated for that long, but just, I don't know. I feel like they completely changed who she was as a character between the second and third movies. And it drove me nuts because I'm like, this is not the Lori that we know. 
And I, even if it is like you're trying to say, oh, I'm moving on, new chapter, that's, this is not really the way to tell that story because she would be extra that way because they killed her daughter. Like, let's just forget it and heal from it and move on from it when Michael Myers is on the loose, not even in jail or in the asylum anymore. Let's just not care anymore about that because he's free and he killed my daughter. But now is when I decide I'm just going to not care and I'm going to move on and heal. When she was in 30 years or however many years of I'm preparing for the night when he comes back so I can kill him. And then suddenly, oh, after he's killed my daughter and all these things, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm just going to move on. It was just a complete change in character. And that also drove me nuts. I don't know if that was just me, but. No, I I totally agree because like instead of fleshing that out or helping us understand how she arrived to that, the movie starts and in narration, she's just like, well, Michael disappeared, but I had to move on. (laughs) I had to move on and go by, you know, I had to move on and have a life and everything like that. I started writing, you know, or whatever she was talking about. Um, and I'm I'm just sitting there going, what? He kills your daughter. He disappears. You don't know where he is. He could come back at any given moment. And you know this because you know how, like, durable and resilient Michael Myers is. And now and your you guards are down. you move on? Right. What? Now like, you like, have zero I was guards up. up. That was the first thing. That just really made me angry. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was the opening, like Katie talked about. Because the whole thing happened with Corey, and I was like, and then the movie starts to open it, and I'm like, we're opening on that? Like, I was so confused. I was like, we're opening on this accidental child death? Okay, um, whatever. But the second thing was that, was that narration, when she was just like, I'm moving on, even though Michael is somewhere, And my daughter's dead, but it's time for me to move on in the same place, mind you. I'm living in the same place, (laughs) mind you, and I'm going to start writing. Now is when I stop caring about this. Yeah. And with all that, too, it would have almost made more sense if they had swapped the characterizations. Like, if she was, like, the bumbling housewife type of grandmother in the 2018 version. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, Michael's been locked up. No big deal. No need to prepare. And then being the hyper vigilant, overly prepared, waiting just every day for Michael to come back version should have been this one. Yeah. Because, you know, he's down the street. Like, I know she mm-hmm. doesn't know that exactly, but he just disappeared four years ago. For all you know. Right. He's literally living in your basement. Yeah. Like, that's when you yeah. over prepared. That's when you're too prepared. <laughs> that's when you are so prepared you drive people away. Yeah. Isn't when I the mean, guy is physically known where his location is because he's in jail. Yeah. Like, not that guy, because you know where he is. You can go to the website. You can go to the Illinois Department of Corrections, and you can find out where the fuck he's at at that time. Know what you can't do? When the guy just, you thought, died, and he walked away. That's when you don't know where the fuck he is. Like Exactly. It, it's a weird characterization. Like it is, it's a weird flip and it's less justified. It's less earned. I mean, the, where I'll kind of give this movie credit with the opening is yeah, it's utterly confusing. I 100% agree with that. 
but you ultimately kind of think like, oh, this is going to pay off maybe. And then you see how they, they use it, like what that opening scene led to. And you were like, ah, oh, no, it's just some bullshit. Right. Yep. Yeah. It never pays off. Because yep. to Corey's have this point about never pays off. And to your point, Heather, about like noticing flaws and everything like that. One thing that I definitely noticed because the movie gave me nothing else to care about is just all the plot conveniences that happen in this story. Like, I know that convenient things happen in 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 every movie, but man, it felt so egregious in this movie. Like Corey gets bullied. Laurie just happens to be there, you know. Corey and Allison go to club and mother of boy that Corey killed happens to be there too at the bar. Um, He gets bullied by these kids and thrown off a bridge just happens to be the bridge where Michael Myers is in the tunnel so he can grab him and do the choke penance stare or whatever the hell that was like that happened so often in this movie. People were just where they needed to be at the perfect time, at the convenient time for this story to move forward. And it happened so many damn times. Justin, what also about after Corey and Lori have their stare off with each other or whatever, and she goes to the bar and she's talking to the bartender and she's like, but I see the evil in his eyes. And then she's like, come talk to this guy who's apparently just been at the bar Talking to everybody that would talk right. to him, going, man, Who that was guy, the bartender. The, the the bartender was technically one of the the. I thought she survivors. Lived in the first, she lived in the second movie. Yeah, um, she was one okay. of the survivors from that second movie. Yeah, yeah. They she, she was talking to her like they were besties, yeah. and I was like, "Am I supposed to know who that is?" No, like, no, yeah, she's she's one of the survivors from the last one. Oh, okay. but they're talking, well, and she's like, "You need to come talk to this guy," and then that it's murder kid's dad. And he's like, man, I always thought it was just he got a raw deal. But I've just ignored that for three years. And then today I went to go talk to him, but he he had the evil eyes. And I'm so glad that you, Lori Strouder, in this bar now on the same day. So I can tell you about the evil eyes I saw. Tell you about it. (laughs) Right. No, that's so true. I just like it's just it, like you said plot conveniences it's like everything about that story arc was plot convenience right down to the because you know the kid died one year after Halloween kills and so it's three years it's three years in this movie since the kid died and he's just sitting there going man for three years I thought this kid got the bad end of the deal like I don't think he really meant to kill my kid and for three years I never once Thought I should tell him that even though I saw him all the damn time. I just said I did. So that's how you know this. But, you know, today, after he's been corrupted by Michael Myers, I decided, you know what? Let me talk to this kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Right down to also plot conveniences. Why do these kids decide, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take it. We're going to track him down to the junkyard that he works at that his dad owns to give him a yeah. advantage on top of all that. Also, how good of a shot was that kid that he could just quick shoot like that 
to accidentally hit the dad just square in the forehead. Man. True. But yeah. like that whole thing, though, that, that whole scene just drove me nuts. Because he's just like, runs over the fence, and that girl's like screaming from under her. And then, like, you know, the one girl comes back, and it's like, why do, like, every, I get that every horror movie has to have the dumb people get killed, but, like, every single character in that was just doing the dumb shit. And they have a death in that that I should have enjoyed. When he takes that welder to that kid's face, I should have enjoyed that. I should have been like, man, that is a creative death. But it's in this movie. <laughs> so I just don't care. The only death that, that I remember like a year from now and just be like, Oh man, I'm glad that's the first time I've seen this in a movie. I will just completely ignore the fact that it was in this movie because this movie doesn't deserve it. The, the radio DJ death is the only one that really stuck out to me, to be honest. Like, yeah, cause that it was, was the only one, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and the tongue, but yes, also the microphone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's whatever. Microphone bugged the shit out of me. Yeah. I know I already went on a spiel about that, but that <laughs> whole scene, dude, he's getting his tongue cut off and I'm staring at that microphone going, <laughs> fucking fix it. Fix it now. It would have been funny if Michael Myers just like turned, like made it the way it was supposed to be. No, that was <laughs> just after that's the he thing killed is, him. That was, that was Corey or Caleb. Or I'm Sadly. sorry, yeah, yeah. I know, that's okay, what sucks. Yeah. It's a Michael Myers movie. It shouldn't have been anyone else. <laughs> yeah. But, like, if they had done that, if he had gone and just tilted it afterwards, I would have been like, I see you, movie. I see you. Yeah, that would have given you some extra points for this movie. Maybe, like, negative 98 instead of <laughs> negative whatever you get. If he had fixed 100. that fucking mic, I would have probably at least given it a positive four. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, my my other big problem with this is like the entire town or everybody that Lori ran into was so quick to be like, this is because of you. You did this <laughs> blaming her. And I'm like, but how? Like, literally, what is your basis for saying that to her? Because saying like she provoked Michael or whatever they were saying, I'm like, how was she provoking? First of all, wasn't the town the one provoking him in the last movie with that evil dies tonight well, shit that they kept doing? Like, no, well, the, the, where <laughs> that comes from though, is that's the whole point of the radio DJ character is he's been on the radio blaming Lori Stroud for four years saying it was her fault saying that he or that she provoked Michael Myers. And that's why he did it, you know, because I don't know if they're implying that that's like what he's, you know, the reasoning for 40 years ago or now or whatever. But that whole part of the story comes from the radio DJ character. And I'm also just sitting here thinking, who the fuck listens to local radio DJs like that? And, and why like, would he know that more than anybody yeah. else? Like, no, that's true too. But it's like, but like, why is Allison listening to this fuckhead? I've been right. down there. I've passed on the highway near where this place would be technically if it existed. You get other radio stations. You don't get just one. Also, it's 2022. Listen to shit on your iPhone. Listen to a nice, delightful podcast. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> but I, I feel like, I mean, yeah, you're right about that. But even like the fact that for one, 
Lori didn't be like, what the hell are you talking about when people were saying that? But because she just like you could tell she felt sorry and she actually felt guilty and felt like it was her fault. But I'm like, literally everything else she did up to this movie was the opposite of provoking him. She was secluded in a home by herself for how many years just preparing for him to come back. But it wasn't like she's like, I'm ready for you, Michael. And like broadcasting her, you know, I'm ready whenever you want to come back. Like she was just isolated by herself talked to nobody like was still dealing with her trauma so how in any sort of way was she the one provoking him when it was the town it was the town provoking them like let's do this mob mentality garbage and carry irons and bats and axes and knives and whatever else that we're going to carry to kill him when it didn't work and i don't even know if the lady that she was talking to was there i apparently like one of the ladies was from the last movie and survived, but like, I'm just like, she wasn't even a part of that. She wasn't even there that night. Like she was nowhere in sight. She was at the hospital stabbed. Like it's just the weirdest correlation. And you're right. Like maybe it's because of the DJ guy saying, Oh, this is her fault. But like, how long have all of these people apparently lived in this town? <laughs> and like, at one point, wasn't she kind of like the weirdo that just couldn't get over it and was just overly like secluding herself? And I don't know. I just feel like it just didn't make sense that the whole town was like, it's your fault. And like, I don't know. It just was super weird to me. I mean, if you think about it, it was because she'd never cut his head off. <laughs> she just cut his head off. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Just saying. I mean, and and the whole narrative of, oh, it was just a man with mental illness and Lori antagonized him. And that's how this, I mean, aren't there records about this? Wasn't Michael Myers committed? Weren't there all these dead bodies and stuff like that? This would have been covered on the news so damn much. This would have been all over. I mean, this would be something that people would just have knowledge of. I, I don't think there would be this mysterious element where they're like, well, was Michael Myers really just an, an, a, a mentally ill person that Lori manipulated and, you know, somehow coaxed into doing all of this stuff and sort of brought this upon this town? It feels like even if a a, a random radio personality kind of introduced that viewpoint or concept, wouldn't there be so much stuff that would be public knowledge about this <laughs> that people would just know about and I be like, know, Justin, that is probably the most realistic story. thing about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that people are listening to somebody who has no grounds in this. That yeah. just has, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're just actually, yeah, you, you make yes. a good point, this but I mean, damn, dude, this would have been, but I mean, this would have been covered so much when you look yeah. at the first incident, all the 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 second incident with all the townspeople and all of that kind of stuff. How would not? How would people believe another story, Justin? After all that shit, the twenty twenty election. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it would have held more. It would have held more validity if Got it was point. like 
say it was one of the um one of the survivors or like the guy that was it Anthony Michael Hall who played him in the in the in this one before this yes like if it was his character or if he had survived it was somebody like that who was who was who had been around it and survived it and up close and actually in it that was still preaching this garbage that would have given more grounds for these people to believe it but this was a rando guy who had no connection to anything as far as we can tell and that's what is dumb about it like honestly i mean but that's and that's why i i i I did put that or say that earlier like this whole thing is about like a conspiratorial type of thing like it's it's that weird mentality that people have and all this other stuff i mean it's just that's I, that honestly that part of it just never bothered like that aspect of it doesn't bother me just because like i said i've seen too much of that in real life i mean my my issue with all that stuff is like you said earlier heather when people confront Lori about it Lori's just like oh no i'm sad now you're right and she's upset yeah. about it why didn't she just be like yeah fuck you what the <laughs> right? fuck do you yeah. know I could have killed right. you 27 times just standing here because I'm that much of a badass. Shut up. Like, that's right. that would have been the better reaction to me. Right. I mean, and and even the whole thing about Allison, like, just the way that they regress the characters in this, in this one. I liked Allison in the 2018 one. I thought she was actually smart. I thought she was quick on her feet. I thought she was making good decisions in the situation she was in. And then suddenly it was like, who even are you? And what? You know what I mean? Like her just completely believing this guy she's known for a week over her own grandmother, who she's seen dealing with this, who she confronted being like, hey, like you're a little too much with your trying to prepare for Michael coming back. And then seeing Michael come back and kill both of her parents. And she's just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to believe this guy who's definitely a murderer <laughs> over my grandmother who has like, even when she's like, you know, he gave me the same feels that Michael gave me when I looked in his eyes, which is a stupid line to say, but I would be like, okay, grandma, you were right every other time. So maybe I should listen to you. But she's just like, nah, let me listen to this guy I've known for a week. Like what? Who is telling you that he killed somebody like see it was weird heather you're kind of telling on yourself a little bit you're now showing that you've never gotten fucked by a serial killer because if you had you would understand it just <laughs> would make sense right yeah you know what that's my disadvantage here you're right <laughs> let me let me fix that problem if yeah you had gotten that good serial killer <laughs> dick you would just you would be like i get it you know no. what? I've I never been think. in this situation. Maybe you're right. I don't know. See, you just got to put yourself in her shoes. Yeah, when she's first talking to Corey, I remember even thinking, like, is this something? It seemed so out of character because Allison's just like very in charge of herself and in control, not like hypersexual or whatever and it's like she becomes a whole different person almost to the point where i was like is she trying to like lure him like is she trying to trap him because it almost seemed like siren like and i was like i don't this does not fit her whatsoever it doesn't make sense for anything else we've seen about this character yeah oh. 
See, and it would have made sense if she was the killer. Totally makes sense if that's the storyline. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I mean, even what you were talking about earlier, Sterling with like his whole, his suicide, where he kills himself to, it's like if your point was to drive this rift between Allison and her grandmother, like, but why? Because it sounded like before he wanted to just be with her. He wanted her to leave with him and they wanted to get out of there, whatever, burn the town down. And then he decided that like killing himself just to make Allison believe that Lori was bad. Like, how does that help him though? Like he doesn't get to be well, with her and leave town with her. Like, no, it's because of the twisted thing whenever he kills himself. It's if I can't have her, no one will. And he's implying that okay. like Lori won't even have Allison in her life anymore. That's what it was. Okay. Fair enough, but I'm just like, I just feel like... It still makes no damn sense, but... There was... What was the reason for that move in general, you know? Because he's a a psycho. He's a psycho, you know, possessive guy. You're asking this movie to make sense. (laughs) Who mattered zero and wasn't even a character before this movie, but he is a very important part of this franchise now. It just makes no sense. The only answer I have for you, Heather, is because Michael choked him. Because from what I saw (laughs) in the movie, that was when he changed. I mean, Michael choked him. And then he started, was like, and then he was like, I'm Michael now. That's all I know. So apparently you can choke people and they can become serial killers. But it's almost Whatever you are, they will become. So- I if you like choked they, me right now, then I could just do your job, Heather. I mean, it's just simple as that. Yeah, that tracks. From what I saw. <laughs> I don't I mean, want you to choke me because if you do, that means I won't know what it's like to get fucked by a serial killer. Just saying. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Katie. Oh, no. I, I just remember thinking, like, I'm a kinky bitch, but the, like, I don't understand this choking thing where you see everyone's life and tasks that they've done like i did not i was like did i miss something from a past movie where he had like powers like that like he does in some of the later halloween movies and later halloween movies he's like there's like a satanic druid cult thing that he's been yeah they tried that yeah they did that for a little while yeah Yeah. but wasn't this whole this whole thing was supposed to be like forget all the movies in between and it didn't it wasn't part of it yeah when it's convenient heather <laughs> I know I'm yeah you're right I'm expecting this movie to make sense you're right but no that's I mean that's kind of what I was saying Katie like it's it's almost like the supernatural aspect of how he was brought into this in this movie it was alluded to and it was kind of somewhat inferred but never I don't feel like it was ever really confirmed that he that Michael Myers is just a supernatural person You know what I mean? Like nobody knew anything like what he was or how. And I feel like I guess when he survived the mob lynching of sorts in the last movie, you kind of assume. But then they just went full force into no, obviously he's supernatural. That's why he can choke a man and make him evil or whatever. Like what? It, It just it took such a hard turn. And they expected you to just ask no questions. And all we had were questions. <laughs> like, what? And then later on, he chokes Lori. But did she counter it? Did it? Well, she flashed back to just being a victim, though. 
she didn't flash back to be a killer. Like so he can either make you killer. He has a killer choke, or he has a victim choke where you can just yeah, haha, relive your victimhood. Yeah, because whenever she got victim choked, she wanted him to kill her even though he was dying already. See, he wanted her to like she wanted him to still make her a victim. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, and also, like, the whole, like, Michael Myers having an apprentice thing is just strange. It actually even would have been better if it was just a copycat. Like, not even somebody that necessarily was associated with Michael, but just somebody who was, like, a fan and just decided, let me carry on this tradition in this messed up town. That would have even been better than, like, you know, I choked and possessed you like a, a copycat that Michael Myers didn't know existed and then realized it and then killed him. That would have been a better ending, to be honest. But I, I feel like any other ending really would have been better than what they gave us. I could have even seen like when they started rebooting the movies, it could have been a cool storyline to be like, OK, maybe turn it into like kind of a culty thing and then yeah. you can em- empower like or inhabit like all these different people to do your bidding and killing people. And I was like, I even get that part. Like I could have even been gotten on board, board with, with a whole different storyline like that. But it's just like, again, like we've said about everything, it's like they started an idea and then we're like, I don't really know. <laughs> right. See, there's one theory I heard and it, to me, it's the one that makes the most sense that when they made Halloween 2018, to be the sequel to the first Halloween. They made that with the intention of it being a standalone film, but it was successful. So they wanted more movies than wanted to make it a trilogy. And I'm not gonna lie. Like looking back on it, that makes the most sense. hundred percent. I would that's think that's true. Only coherent movie. Yeah. It's the only complete movie. It's the only one that's thought out. It's the only one that like, does anything with the franchise. Yep. Mm-hmm. The rest of You're it just feels right. like tacked on afterthought bullshit. Yeah. And again, they should have just left it at that one. And I think you're right. Like the, the momentum picked up with like people really liking what they did with that 2018 movie. And they're like, you know what? We should just do another three movies about this. And, but they didn't think it through. Like the first movie, you actually felt like they put thought into it. They they were thoughtful in how they portrayed Lori and her dealing with her trauma and just her, the way that she's so smart and meticulous about everything because of what she's dealt with for 40 years. And, you know, all these things that they really put thought into. And in this movie, it all goes out the window. Like that first movie was never even a thing. And it just does such an injustice to who Laurie Strode is supposed to be as a character in the last two movies, mostly this last one, because in the second one, like we've said, like she's barely really even in it. But in this one, especially, it's like not only do you do a disservice by all like you're just changing her completely. She's not even the same character. And I've heard people saying like, oh, that's on purpose. Like she's you know, kind of reverting back to who she, who she was before Michael Myers. And she's trying to move on and just be that person she was before. But again, that feels like that's really just fake. 
that's not even her actually dealing with it. That's her just pretending like she's dealt with it when at least in the first movie, she's still dealing with it, but she's like realistically dealing with what she's felt. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's a complete turnaround and they just should have stopped at that 2018 movie as much as I was like, yay, they're doing more. But then you just see like, no, they should have just left it alone. You know? So I, I just looked it up. There have been 13 fucking Halloween movies. In, including the fact that like what H2O and Resurrection were both reboots. The Rob Zombie reboots, these reboots, there have been 13 of these fucking movies. And wow. two of them at best are good. Like that's it. The first in the 2018. <laughs> yeah. At, at best. I mean, Halloween yeah. two isn't terrible, but you know, it's just, it's, it's a whatever type of thing. There've been 13 of these and only two of them are good. And somehow people love this franchise. They love Michael Myers. And I don't understand why, because the movies don't justify the fandom. It's like the essence of him is more of a fandom thing than the actual movies, you know, like Michael Myers is character. And the potential of Michael Myers is more intriguing to people. We'll see. One of the things with all that is one last thing that I've, I've heard theory wise and stuff like that goes back to like why Corey was the main killer in this movie over Michael Myers was to go back to the idea that like John Carpenter and stuff like that never wanted Michael Myers to be like an icon or a big thing. And that's why they made Corey the main villain in this was to like show like pay tribute to that idea. But I think they're also actually missing the point of that too. Cause they're not completely wrong. Carpenter didn't want Michael Myers to be an icon. That is correct, but not in this way because, and we talked about this when we did Halloween three season of the witch, you have to look at what the actual original idea was for the Halloween saga was that every Halloween movie was just going to be a different horror movie that just takes place or has to do with Halloween. And that's why they weren't able to do that with Halloween 2. The studio forced them to do another Michael Myers movie. Whereas with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, that's why it's so different. That's why there's no Michael Myers. That's why there's crazy possession masks. There's all these crazy other things in it. Because that was the original idea. And then they, yeah, they went back to Michael Myers after that. So while they are correct that that was not what John Carpenter wanted whenever he did the first Halloween, they didn't necessarily mean for that to be with Michael Myers in the movie. Like, that's the flip side of it. Not when Michael Myers is in the movie. Like, you are right. They didn't want him to be the icon. But you don't do that when Michael Myers is in the fucking film. He's on the poster. He's in the fucking trailer. He's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not the movie you do that in. I agree that that is what John Carpenter wanted. Because, yes, it is. But you don't do that with him in the movie. Because then you get something like, I don't know, Jason Goes to Hell. Or this movie. Like, you don't have your main guy at this point not be in your fucking film. Like, he's just barely in there. 
he's an afterthought in this too. Why are Michael Myers and Laurie Strode the afterthoughts? Both of them are really. Mm -hmm. And so as much as these people who write this and like love this movie are all about like, oh, getting it back to its roots and all this other stuff. I don't know how you can be that type of fan and love this movie. Because that's not what this movie is. This movie is a departure. And like you said, Justin, it's a lie. The only thing that it is truthful about is that arguably speaking, we did finally see the end of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. I, I really hope it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis said that no amount of money would make her come back. Oh, good. Really? Okay. <laughs> that's so. good. Maybe that's good. She said I she's just want to... Because she I also hates know. horror movies, apparently. Oh, really? She hates them. Like, she doesn't so watch them. Oh, weird. Yeah. That is strange. Hmm. I mean, I just wonder, like, in her mind, did she, like, read this and feel like this is the ending that Lori deserved? Because <laughs> I just feel like... I feel like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis would have some say a little bit in like being like, what is this garbage? Like, <laughs> I think so, I mean, maybe she did. That she cares. Know. You know what? You're right. Maybe she doesn't. But I mean, as much as she's done like press for this and like talked about how she's just so thankful for, you know, the opportunity to be this person for so many years and what Lori means to her, I feel like she would have cared more, but yeah, Maybe she actually did feel like house, this was fine. This movie bought her? That's what she's <laughs> more caring about. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, my, I would say my favorite final girls are Laurie Strode and Sydney, Sydney Prescott. You know, you got to love Sydney. And I feel like I would be so disappointed if like the, the Sydney Prescott story ended the way that this ended. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that this newest screen movie was the best. But it didn't give me like the you're disappointing me in your Sydney character. You know what I mean? Like this was just disappointing in the Lori character in general. See, as much as I did not necessarily like Scream 5. Scream 5 gave us a great Sydney, though. Sydney yeah. on point. Sydney and then somehow is the best. They think they're doing Scream 6 without a Sydney. Get the fuck out of here. God, I can't and it's wait like, to not give a fuck about that movie i know i'm like i can't wait to not want to watch that because sydney's not in it are you kidding me she's like the reviews can come out girl. saying it is the best scream since the first one i still would really have a tough time watching it because there's yeah. no sydney yeah and the that fact the that they decided sydney wasn't important enough to pay her to be in it in general makes me feel like who do you think you are sydney made these movies yeah. are you insane that's like, like saying we can we don't need to pay Lori Strode for being Lori Strode. Like what? What are you even talking about? I mean, they did do that, Heather, for like five of those movies. Yeah, but I'm saying like when Jamie Lee Curtis actually came back. No, that's fair. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, because at this point, like the only redeeming thing you want to see in these movies is Jamie Lee Curtis fighting some fucking Michael Myers. 100%. You don't really give a fuck about anything else. Nobody like, gives a fuck about those podcasters that died at the beginning of the first Halloween. <laughs> no one gives a flying fuck True. about those. Why? <laughs> because Laurie Strode wasn't in that scene. 
So no <laughs> one gives a damn. It's just, and that's the thing is like, again, if the 2018 Halloween had been the last and it was just a standalone, they weren't doing it anymore. The way that that movie ended was good. Like he died in a fire in the house that she made into a prison. Like they got away. That would have been a perfect ending for this franchise. It would have perfectly ended like if they had just left it like it was. It was peak Laurie Strode, peak ending for he was trapped in a house and he died in a damn fire. Like that's how that should have ended. See, and you know what I mean? Enough. Halloween ends fits as a better sequel to that movie than it does Halloween kills. If you have it at the end of that movie and they think Michael Myers died in a fire. You're right. And say the daughter got killed fighting Michael Myers, but he died in the fire. So she's just trying to rebuild her life now post Michael and trying to raise her granddaughter and give her the life she deserved after the trauma of that night yep. and all those things. This makes more sense following that movie than it does Halloween kills. I could see that. I mean, yeah. and also they did Judy Greer dirty too, because she was a great character in that first one. And then she was just kind of like nonsense. <laughs> in the second one, like, why would you do that to her? I love Judy Greer. And I thought she was great. And then you're just like, you're going to let her go out like that. And you're going to, they did with her in the second movie, what they did with Allison in the third, where she was just a completely like not smart cardboard person that didn't matter pretty much. So are you saying that as these movies go on, they become less pro women than they did in the (laughs) first one? Yes, that is, that's, that's it. No, that's fine. I agree with that. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like, if you look at the writers for this movie, it's just a bunch of fucking boring ass white guys. (laughs) I mean, I know Danny McBride's one of the writers on this, but still, it's just a bunch of fucking regular ass white guys. Like Danny McBride's at least not boring. (laughs) I disagree. Did you see this fucking movie? It bored out my fucking mind. I mean, yeah, generally speaking. So him as a writer is boring. Yeah. Him as an actor is a very odd delight. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I can separate the two now. Danny McBride might be tainted for the rest of my life. (laughs) I had already kind of forgiven him for doing Land of the Lost. I don't know if I can do it again. (laughs) Uh, It's just such a shame. Like, this is, if anything, this is the movie that you you want to see just the satisfying ending of this more than probably any other like horror movie franchise. And it just let you down twice in a row. It's crazy. I mean, this, this is the definition of going out on a whimper. Like this isn't going out with a bang. This is going out on a whimper. Yep. That's true. And it makes me kind of like worried about any, like scream movies they do because scream scream is my favorite like horror franchise i would say um but like if they go out the way they did because i mean even that fourth movie for scream was like it's not great (laughs) it's not great at all but i mean i didn't hate it as much as i hated the ending of this one i'll tell you that and then now you don't even get sydney 
So then I just hate it. <laughs> Sydney is so like iconic, man. I don't know what anyone is thinking that it's not like any amount of money you want, you get because you're Sydney freaking Prescott. Are you kidding me? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, guys. Cinema Slayers, pro slut, pro Sydney. <laughs> I, that, that should be, yeah, that should be a new tagline. <laughs> on that note, you guys done? We done with yeah. Halloween? Is Clearly, it, I'm done, I'm done with done. this forever. End? Yes. Good. Halloween ends. Podcast ends now. So, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simulators Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simulators.com. Facebook, we're Cinema Slayers Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, we're Cinema Underscore Slayers. TikTok, we're Cinema Slayers Pod. Uh, Cinema Slayers Podcast on YouTube. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends, and most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because mothers love. <laughs> Lori Strode. <laughs> nope. Kissing their sons on the mouth. Oh, <laughs> true. Yeah. And then, and then running out of the room awkwardly. Good yes, Lord. That's what mothers love. Um, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. You can do it in app. Uh, on YouTube, click the like button. Click the subscribe button. Click the little bell notification. You know, all the same shit every YouTuber since the beginning of time has ever fucking said. Saying that too. Uh, shout out to Mundo Choa and Plug Migo for our logos and theme songs respectively. And just most importantly, as I end the podcast, the TikToks, and the YouTube videos, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Jackson is speechless this time. He's so two, angry. Two in a row, Jackson? You're not going to fucking say anything? Nobody knows anything but you. I'm trying to think of something to say. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? We're going to burn this shit to the ground. How about that? Cinema Slayer. There it is. Bam. Yep. Also, I really like that idea. Cinema Slayers, pro slut, pro Sydney. <laughs> All day. Yes. We could make that. What is that song that Dovey Diggs' group does about Sydney Prescott? What is Nick that song? Campbell 95. Yes. Have you heard that song, Katie? <laughs> no. And the, what's it, the, what is the, the name of his, the clipping? Yes. Yeah. So Dovey Diggs, who I know you love has a oh, yeah has a group uh called the clipping and they made a song called nev campbell 96 95 sorry no it's off one of their last albums they did one of the, like the the two their the last two albums they did are all actually based around horror films uh and so they've got a uh they've got a song what's my name and that's based around Candyman. but yeah nev campbell <clears throat> 95 so like they do it like a song based around Candyman and all this other stuff but then, like, when they do their song about Scream, they specifically just do it about Sidney Prescott slash Nev Campbell. <laughs> because, obviously, that is the most fucking important thing about the fucking Scream movie. I'm like, I get it. Can we just say, though, that Nev Campbell has aged so well? She still looks amazing. It's kind of insane. I agree. Also, I mean, to be honest, Jamie Lee Curtis still looks amazing, too. I'll give her that for yeah. what? She eats all the activity. Something. <laughs> she she's like six she's got to be almost 65 or something like that at this point close to it 
But and then I mean, Nev Campbell's probably what fifty. It's got to be something like that. She's she looks amazing. She looks I kind really of good. Can't think that Nev Campbell's only fifteen years younger than Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to wrap my head around. Let me see. She's forty nine. Who Nev Campbell is? Yeah. Oh, geez. All the fucking math I would have to do on this one. 63. That's yeah. what Jamie Lee Curtis is. Jeez. And how old did you say Nev Campbell was? 49. Oh, that's only 14 years. Holy shit. It's crazy, right? I just feel hmm. like Halloween came out in what? 1978? Yep. Yeah. And Scream came out in 1995. There's like a 30 year difference almost between those two movies. And there's what, 14 years between them? Holy That's crazy. Shit. Yeah. That's insane. Also, they both look so good. You know, I, I do want to apologize to Justin real quick. I'm sorry. We could not record an episode with you last week, Justin, because I could have asked you what about them Cowboys last week? And you would have been able to throw that in my face. Because the Cowboys actually been doing good. I feel like you wouldn't have asked, though, if they were doing good. I was actually planning on that <laughs> just for the sheer fact that, like, it was surprising. And actually, it I, was. I, I, I could have asked that this week, even though they just lost. It's not a bad loss. I mean, you lost yeah. to arguably the best team in the league right now. It's not a bad yep. loss. Yep. I mean, so. when I was coming off the Titans being 0-2 the first two weeks, at first I was looking back. I was sad about it because I was like, man. They lost to the Giants and the Bills. Giants and Bills are two of the best teams in the league right now. Giants look good. Yeah. I no longer feel bad about that week one loss to the Giants. Because they's a good team. Wait, how are the Titans doing right now? You know, we're three and two. We're okay. Number one in the AFC South. Okay. Number three in the AFC. Okay. Not the best, but not the worst. We okay. We up there. We winning games. That's all that matters. <laughs> Um, very not sports related question for Katie. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Smile? No. Okay. That new horror movie that came no, out like you, a few weeks you, ago. You cannot watch it. It's fine. <laughs> I would just be curious your thoughts on it just because of what like the underlying message of the movie is supposed to be as a therapist. I would just wonder your thoughts on that. So if you watch it, let me know. I will definitely let you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. All I know is that Cinescore was only a 56, so can't be that good of a movie. We did not give yeah, it a good score. Let's ask Just Sterling what, what he scored it and why the average is that. <laughs> I mean, I think what, I mean, what, I don't even remember what I gave it. It was, it was more than a 50. I think it was like a 60 something probably. I thought you gave it like a 70. I might oh. have. I might have done either 70 or like right below 70. All I know is I gave it a 22. You I mean, did. it's it's arguably 122 points better than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Take that for what you will. Did you see It Follows, Katie? Oh, yeah. I've seen that a couple times. I love that movie. It's it's a different version of that movie, basically. So oh, okay. it's kind of got those vibes about it, if that helps you at all. Oh, my. All your cats just really want to be on the podcast. That's no, what I'm thinking. This is just her second time. She's yeah. just being really needy. 
<laughs> I know, baby. Oh, kitty. Say hi. Aww. She gets shy. <laughs> Is she the one that licks? Yeah. Aww. And my fat, my fat boy's looking at her very mad because he can't do this. He's too big. <laughs> he's too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have can, what? Two cats, I can Katie? hold her one-handed. Hmm? I have two cats, yeah. Two cats. One uh, of them is like very tiny, jumping around, Lilith, mother of demons. The other one's Rocco. He's my, my little chops. This one's named Lilith, too. Aww. For the same reason. <laughs> In my defense, I name all my cats after demons. Thank you very much. I know that. I I've got that. I've got a Bizu. I don't know where she's at. I've got Batty, which that's actually Batty Bat. It's a <laughs> uh, Filipino demon. Uh, this is Lilith. And then I've got Abigor. That's my fat boy. He's a knight of hell. <laughs> but fat boy just fits very he well. He gets called fat boy. We don't ever actually call him his name. It's fat boy. He's and so cute, it, though. It's not derogatory because it's P-H-A-T-B-O-I. He's a fat boy. (laughs) There's no fat shaming here. (laughs) That's a very high compliment. It's about that fat boy. (laughs) Yeah. I think, Jason, when you were there, I think you were like, this is actually a friendly cat. (laughs) Because he kept coming up to you or like trying to get you to pet him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's a good boy unless you're his older sister. He's Mm. a piece of shit. (laughs) You know what? I did not get super allergic to to your cats, so I would say that's that's good. It's because they're too sweet to be allergic to. They are very mm-hmm. sweet cats. Oh. All right, I'm out of here. Let's stop recording. All right. Oh, oh, I forgot we were still recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stop recording. Yeah.